Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, everybody. Our turn as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Did you guys know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Dang, Aaron, what a great night for Sports Talk Radio. Is there enough going on right now or what? Yeah, I got to say, this San Jose State-San Diego State game <laughs> is really, it's gripping stuff right I'm now. I'm sure first, it is. First quarter, 6 nothing. Spartans with the lead. Unbelievable night, of course. I know you're watching that, but I got my eyes on the Dodgers-Brewers right now. Dodgers up 5-1 to one as they now go to the top of the ninth. Yasiel Puig. With the three-run slam in that one, that's the, uh, so far, a little bit of the difference maker there. It was 2-1 when he hit the three-run homer. 5-1 in that one, and the big game going on right now. Purdue, 35-13 over Ohio State. Still five minutes left. I sent you the show sheet, uh, what I wanted to talk about an hour ago. And if you notice on your text, it says, Ohio State loses. I told you an hour ago they were going to lose this game. Wow, and you didn't jinx them because no. for, I was going to say for our loyal listeners, you sent the Ohio State loses two weeks ago or three weeks ago when they were at Penn State. Did not work out for you or Penn State fans. I think this time we're good. 
All right. Well, of course, we're good. 35-13. Uh, Purdue is leading right now. This game was actually 7-3 to late in the first half when Ohio State was looked like they were going to go in for a touchdown. They didn't get in uh, because uh, the receiver dropped it on third and goal, I believe. They lined up for a field goal. They missed. Purdue comes down, gets the late touchdown, 14-3. It was all downhill after this. This loss may drop them quite a distance because they're getting manhandled. Not that Purdue's like a horrible team, but they're a 500 team. Uh, this loss may cost Ohio, uh, Ohio State a chance at that uh, 14 playoff. Yeah, it's well, it's certainly not good. They're certainly going to fall, as you said, Arnie. And now this is what's great about college football this time of year. The playoff picture starting to take shape. Michigan wins again, which we'll get into. But if Ohio State can't hold on, it could make that Ohio State-Michigan game basically a de facto playoff to get into the Big Ten Championship and then potentially for a playoff berth. All right, first of all, before we even go flying into it, we want you to go ahead and give us a text or, or tweet us, excuse me, early and often all through the show. You could reach him, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. We should get them tonight like it's a slot machine, like I'm giving away $100 bills because so much going on. But Ohio State, how far do you think they're going to drop from this and do you think this loss is going to keep them from getting back up into the into the top four? And I know that's hard to tell now, but I, I guess what I'm asking is how bad of a loss is this? Well, it's bad, but look, there are a lot of one-loss teams as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season here. I mean, they are officially, as things stand, the last undefeated team in the Big Ten. Um, obviously, the Pac-12 doesn't have any undefeated teams. The Big 12 doesn't have any undefeated teams. So you'd think they'll fall into that group with Michigan, with Georgia, with Ohio, uh, not Ohio State, excuse me, with Oklahoma. All these schools bunched up. The great thing is we still have a lot of games to be played in the Big 12. The West Virginias are going to play the Texas and Oklahomas. And as I just mentioned, in the Big 10, that Ohio State-Michigan game could be huge. Now, Michigan has a bye next week, right? but, but they play Penn State and if they get by Penn State, it's hard to see any scenario where they don't enter that game with just one loss, and we'll see what happens with Ohio State. What went wrong in this Purdue game? Um, look, I know Purdue had a, a field day on the ground against them, but also uh, passing. They had over 300 yards passing. Haskins, I don't think the game plan was to throw the ball 62 times, which is what he's put up right now, but... Uh, mistakes have done the Buckeyes in, at least what I've seen so far, of this game of flipping around all the channels there. Well, I, I think you and I were a little bit ahead of this because if you remember last week, Ohio State, they right. yeah, they beat Minnesota, but it wasn't pretty. They were kind of honestly dominated at the line of scrimmage by Minnesota, and it was an ugly, it was about a 14-point win, but it was... It was, at, it was I remember correctly, it was a, a one-point, or excuse me, a one-possession game Going into the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. Exactly. And by the way, we saw what Minnesota did today, losing to Nebraska, giving them their first loss. So it's not as though, or giving them their first win, excuse me. So it's not as though Minnesota was this red-hot team, but you saw it. And so to bring it back to Dwayne Haskins, I think this Ohio State problem stems from the fact that they can't run the ball. 53 yards on 22 carries. Uh, Arnie, your Arizona degree, my UConn degree. <laughs> I, uh, math was never my strong suit. I don't think that's good, though. 
if I'm going to guess where Ohio State's going the fall, I still think, obviously, LSU with another impressive victory. Yep. So maybe LSU gets into that top four. I think Georgia will be okay. Obviously, Michigan with their victory, 21-7, they'll stay up or maybe move up a spot. Uh, I think Texas will stay. You know what? It's either going to be Texas or Ohio State. I think Ohio State stays ahead of Texas. I think that's fair. Yeah, well, what I think is interesting, too, is if you start to look at Ohio State's resume, it's not as impressive as it looked three, four weeks ago. You know, we we spent a lot of time the last couple weeks talking about how that Michigan loss to Notre Dame actually looks better because of the way Notre Dame's playing. But you look at Ohio State – they beat a TCU team that's absolutely terrible. You know, they beat a Penn State team that lost last week to Michigan State. Right. Yeah. So so Ohio State doesn't have a lot to cling on to right now. Now, let's be honest. They they run the table, they win the Big Ten, they're gonna be in that that final four. But right now, they gotta get back on track because they don't look anything close to one of those top teams that can compete uh once they get to that that playoff. All right. This final just in Washington State over Oregon. 34-20. A lot of people were calling for this upset. The Cougars at home. Oregon coming off an emotional win last week. Uh, good victory by the Cougars in this one. 34-20. Coupling with Washington's win uh, sets up a good game at the end of the year for those two, huh? Yeah, in theory. I mean, I think I think it's just more bad news, though, in the bigger picture for your Pac-12, Arnie, because, yeah. I mean, we're down to now, with Colorado losing today, we're down to one team with less than two losses, and that's Washington State right now. And I don't think anybody thinks that Washington State is going to run the table, considering that they still have Stanford on the schedule, they still have Washington on the schedule, they still have your Arizona Wildcats on the schedule, Arnie. Don't forget that. How about that? Maybe the Wildcats playing spoiler here in a couple weeks. But Meanwhile, yeah, they're losing the uh, UCLA right now, 7-0. So, yeah. And, by the way, LeBron's playing tonight. We got his home debut him. that I'm keeping an eye on. I'm flipping around the channels like crazy while we do this show. Now, before we get into the Michigan-Michigan State game, so many different things to get into in this one. Actually, before the game even started, um, uh, shenanigans, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, before the game, did you see the Michigan player uh, going out to midfield, stomping on the logo? Uh, and then after the game, um, Coach Harbaugh just really going after Coach D'Antoni, saying, you know, uh, taking shots at him, saying he was five yards away. Guess he likes stuff like that. Boy, there's a lot of bad blood right there. Yeah, so for people who didn't see the video, it's uh, Arnie, am I out of line here? I don't really remember ever seeing that before. Is that. Um, Basically, the entire uh, the entire Michigan State team held arms, held hands, and walked across the length of the field. Yeah, while Michigan was warming up. By the way, did you see the Michigan uh, recruiting director? Did you see what he said after the game on Twitter? It was a little bit of a poke. No, there tell me end. what he said because I know they ripped the ear buds off somebody's ear, uh, head or, or or something like that but go ahead um i'm trying to find it he went on twitter and he yeah. and he basically said i'm trying to find the exact quote here uh where he's okay so he basically said this just in michigan state's pregame walk was six yards longer than what they had in the actual game go blue so wow uh he got him back wow yeah that's pretty good right yeah i like that but um, yeah, I was if, gonna... Raider, if if uh, if we could find the cut of Harbaugh 
uh, actually ripping D'Antoni. Wait till you hear this because he takes a big shot at him. You could tell there's a lot of animosity between those two, you know? Absolutely. And it, it, and it's funny because this has been um, kind of a really one-sided rivalry. I mean, I know you and I, you know, we love college football. And for years, Michigan just absolutely dominated Michigan State. And really since uh, since D'Antoni got things rolling, D'Antonio, I get D'Antoni and D'Antonio confused all the time. Um, since D'Antonio got things rolling down there, it's been really one-sided. And but it's it, it's one where it seems like there's genuine bad blood. Some of these rivalries, there's respect, but I think Michigan State still feels like they're the second kind of program in that state trying to earn that respect. D'Antonio allows his players to to what I thought was kind of a silly thing do that during the warmups, and Harbaugh comes right back at him, and it seems like there is some bad blood uh, going to the rest of the season. As for the game, I thought Michigan was dominating, at least in the first half, uh, and should have been up more than 7 nothing. missed field goals, uh, missed opportunities. Next thing you know, Michigan State ties it up in 7. They have all the momentum, and I'm thinking, is Michigan going to let this one slip through their fingers? Going to be tough on the road. Uh, and then, of course, they get the long touchdown, uh, big break there, go up 14-7, win it 21-7, monster victory uh, in this one. Horrible game for Michigan State. Lewerke, did you, well, he had like five completions. Um, they couldn't move the ball. Great defensive effort by Michigan. Um, just a monster victory every which way around, Aaron. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead, but let me ask you, Arnie. I, I know the game's in Columbus, but if these two are on a collision course, I think Michigan's a better team right now. And we all, everybody gave up on Michigan early in the year after that Notre Dame game, but I kind of just referenced it, the right. fact that uh, Notre Dame looks a lot better. I don't know where you stand, but I think Michigan is a significantly better team right now. Than I Ohio think they're State. better, much better, obviously, defensively. They're I, amazing defensively. Yeah, they're much better defensively, but I think Ohio State's the better offensive team. And, um, you know, after what, tonight, wins, what wins a game like that? Well, they usually say defense, but when you have an offense like Ohio State, and I know they didn't show against Purdue, I'm not so so sure that that Michigan's the you know overwhelming favorite in that one like you're making them out to be Aaron. Yeah, I don't know about overwhelming, but you know the Ohio State thing. You know they're going to have to get things cleaned up. They're they're only ranked 52nd nationally in rushing, um, and that's going to be a lot 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 worse after today. They can't. They got to figure out a way to be more than one dimensional. I mean, look, we're watching this game right now, Arnie. They're getting embarrassed. Purdue almost just had a safety there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're getting dot. Ohio State with all those five star guys that they recruited are getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. It happened last week against Minnesota. It's happening again today. I'll say this: I know they got smoked by Iowa last year. This is about as embarrassing as it comes for Ohio State. Now, I know people are probably screaming at me right now going, well, what about after the game? If you're going to go ahead and rip Michigan State for their shenanigans before the game, what about after the game when Michigan celebrated at midfield jumping up and down? I didn't hear Harbaugh complaining about that now, did he? Was so, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, Aaron. You know what I mean? Was it was it a little revenge for, for maybe they would have oh, been? Oh, of course. What maybe, do you think? Of course. Maybe they would have been a little more respectful if Michigan State had been a little more respectful. I'm just saying, you know. Is that the way to do it, though? If they disrespect us, we'll come back and disrespect them and start stomping on. I mean, because that could have caused a riot. I could, I could have seen Michigan State come running out. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden there's, there's fisticuffs going on, you know? Listen, I mean, if, if I'm doing my show prep here and you walk by and you just clothesline me, I'm coming after you after I do a good <laughs> show. That's all I'm saying. 
All right. If you want to get a hold of him, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. Alabama wins big. Uh, why are they always winning big? Why are they so much better than everybody else? That's what I really want to know. How do you beat this Alabama team? And who did what to Coach Saban at halftime? We'll get to all that. That's coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, this segment of the show brought to you by Vegas Scores and Odds. For free winners daily, go to VegasCovers.com. That's VegasCovers.com. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Great Saturday night. Dodgers trying to finish this thing off. It's 5-1 to one now. As they go to the bottom of the ninth, we'll keep you updated as soon as that one becomes a final. Purdue scores again. Oh, my goodness. Up 49-20 now uh, over Ohio State. Uh, this is the difference between Ohio State staying in the top seven or eight and then falling out of the top ten. They're getting a beating in this one, Aaron. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it, it's crazy because this is now the second straight year that Ohio State has just gotten embarrassed on the road. Last year it was at Iowa, and frankly, that was the loss that probably kept them out of the college football playoff, if you remember. Um, it came down to Alabama, the non-SEC champ, versus Ohio State, and everyone pointed to that one really, really ugly loss as to why they got left out, and it looks like they are going to have another embarrassing loss, see how it affects them going forward. Um, look, I know we're a college football show, and of course we'll preview week seven of the NFL, just a quick left turn because I'm trying to follow Ooh. everything. We're trying to see what's going on with the Lakers. As I told you, uh, it's LeBron's uh, uh, L.A. debut. Uh, Dodgers up 5-1 to one over the Brewers. Winner goes to the World Series to take on the Boston Red Sox. Reason I bring that up is Clayton Kershaw in the game. Um, are you getting too cute? Uh, yes. I, I know Jansen just pitched uh, you know, one and a third, but uh, nobody else was available to come on in. You had to bring in Clayton Kershaw to, to finish out the game or what? Dave Roberts, I swear, man. And I'm not like <laughs> bi- I'm not like a big, you know, bash the manager, bash the coach guy. Right. I am so on board with you, Arnie. So wh- what are you doing? <laughs> what? First of all, if you really feel the need to bring in Clayton Kershaw, why don't you bring him in in the eighth to set up the closer to close the game? Or... And I know this is crazy. Couple things. One, let the closer pitch two innings. He's done it before. We saw it throughout the playoffs last year. We've seen it at times in the playoffs this year. Or let him start the ninth. And if it doesn't go well, then you bring in Kershaw. Dave Roberts, man, I swear, like like this guy, I, I just don't get what he's doing. I, I let me I, let me go to Eminem because maybe we're missing something. Our producer no, Eminem. What, no, what, what I, I'm missing? I'm in complete agreement with you guys. When I saw that this score went to five to one, I was like, the mission for Dave Roberts should not be to bring Clayton Kershaw in at all. Because yeah. because yeah. let because let's not forget. And I know this game isn't over, but yeah, four run lead with the way the Brewers have been hitting the baseball tonight. They haven't scored a run since the first inning. There's no reason to bring him in. You've got a game one in Boston on Tuesday night. Yes. Well, you got to you got to think about that. Like I know you're trying to win a game, but Alex Wood can't get you three outs. I I know it's and and Clayton Kershaw just struck well, out uh, Jesus you, you, Aguilar, but right, it's but you, just yeah. That's fine, but you couldn't go with Jansen another. Yeah, no, you could you could have well, easily gone two innings with and, with Jansen and, and you gave him days days of rest. And here's the other thing though too is. Let's say, God forbid, something happens and Clayton Kershaw gets rocked. Now you oh. you just use Jansen in the eighth 
You don't even have them available anymore. And it's like, it's just, you know, I, I'll say. Well, it's going to work out for them, obviously, but I just. Well, it's going to work out for, you know what? It's going to, okay, stop it. There's two outs now. But it's going to work out for them now. I don't know what that means when the World Series starts. Obviously, Kershaw was not going to pitch in game one or even game two, I don't believe. So, uh, why wouldn't he really... pitch in game one or game two? He well, because that wasn't the way they set it up this time around. He was what the uh, third starter was he not or no? Well, no, that... he he was the he was the one, and like he would have been. Oh, he was the one only because of the rotation beforehand, right? Exactly, but at the same time, you. you you got to know scenarios, and I know it's presumptive to think, "Hey, they're gonna win. They're gonna win this game." But still, you got to be thinking towards the next series. Like, totally. Agree. Yeah, and being it, it being on Tuesday, he would have been lined up to start that game. Now he's not because he's throwing pitches in a game. You know what's interesting? Maybe Dave Roberts wanted to do it on purpose to take that decision out and say, "Well, now he can't pitch." Game one, and we're going to move him back a little bit to save everybody face. I don't know. So, so now Rich Hill would go in game one. Is that my understanding? I'm not. I'm not positive. Rich Rich Hill pitched last night too. So I I, I don't know who would line up. I I don't know who would who would pitch game one for the Dodgers. I know who's going to pitch game one for the Red Sox. It's going yeah, to be Chris, Chris Sale. Chris who, Sale who, who took game five off because he had a belly ring infection. Belly ring infection. Yeah. That was one oh, of the weirdest things all, I've ever seen. Well, no, I had there, one though. last wing. I yeah. had one last. I was going to say week. we've been there. Come on, yeah. we all yeah. we've all had a belly ring of or two. And I still have one. Yeah, I still have one. Do you? You still got that nose ring too? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Very good. Nothing wrong with that. All right, uh, a couple of things we want to get to Alabama. Well, I, look, they were winning at halftime. Uh, what was it, uh, 42-14. And as Nick Saban's going into the uh, you know, the locker room, uh, some Tennessee fan throws, a, I guess it's a cup of ice at him. I, first of all, did he think Tennessee was going to be winning at halftime? That's, <laughs> that's, that's my first question. Two, you scored 14 points. If I was Tennessee... I'd be celebrating if I was a Tennessee fan because I, I didn't think they were going to be able to score that many points. Uh, what is somebody thinking when, when that happens there, Aaron? Three, Nick Saban is escorted off the, the field by police. Yes. What are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? No, it was uh, it was a weird day. And uh, by the way, it looks like the Dodgers have Dodgers just, won it. Yeah. They, they have won. They are going to the World Series. They have no pitchers for game one. So they are just gonna. Um, they might bring Fernando Valenzuela out of retirement yes. here because Sandy Koufax. He's usually in the post. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. I was gonna say Sandy Koufax. Uh, you know, he's usually in these post game locker rooms. He might have to uh, throw a few in game one because uh, because uh, you know the uh, the Dave no Roberts pitchers left there. Yeah, Dave Roberts. I, I just I don't. Arnie use the word cute, and I don't mean to get off Bama here, but I am yeah. like what like. Why? Why? I don't get it. And as you said, Arnie. Well, like maybe they are doing it so they take it out of the decision of him to pitch game number one. I didn't think he was going to pitch game one anyway because uh, they went with Walker Bueller to pitch the game 163. And then they went with somebody else to open up the series. So he was the third pitcher anyway for you. So uh, he was the third pitcher anyway down the line. I guess I just think that you know, and and by the way, it's exactly what you just said: is it's not game one sixty three, it's not uh, the opening round. This is the World Series, and you're going up against one of the best pitchers in baseball, and Chris Sale. I just I don't get it, Arnie. I really don't. And even if you don't want him to start game one, I mean, it's it's one thing if it's if it's a five to three game, if it's seven six, you're up right four, and you have your closer in. 
If like, it was that close, I don't think Jansen would ever even come out of the game. I think I would have just gone with him until his arm fell off or until he got a little bit in trouble, and then I would have seen what happened. By the way, uh, just real quick, back to college football. David uh, tweets him, Michigan State did nothing wrong or disrespectful. Harbaugh is the definition of classless. Why? Sore loser, sore winner. Never once has he displayed class. He's all about committing or encouraging disrespect. Hashtag nothing new. Wow. Wow. So it was it wasn't disrespectful to just while the other team is warming up to walk across the field arm in arm. Well, that was Michigan State that uh, went ahead. That uh, I know, was, and Harbaugh called yeah. it disrespectful, right? Or, but but Michigan, but Michigan also was displaying uh, disrespect by stomping on the logo after the game. That's completely disrespectful. Again, an eye for an eye. You push me around, I got to push back. Michigan yeah, so, was just trying to warm up. Yeah, um, yeah. Michigan State did. They they obviously did something you know that that that's obviously wrong. When you said they did nothing wrong, you're you're not looking at at it the right way. Real quick, just getting back to Alabama, um, I'm not sure what that Tennessee fan wanted, but it was all Alabama in this one. I'm not sure why they're so much better. I look, I know why they're better. I just don't know why they're so much better that we don't even have a close game. They just dominate everybody out there, and I I get a feeling it's going to happen in the playoff also. I, I, I agree with you, Arnie. I mean, whether it's Notre Dame, Michigan, L- I mean, Clemson, whoever it would be, and I said LSU, it obviously wouldn't be LSU. I guess in theory it could be LSU, pro- probably very, very unlikely. But it's just really hard to find a team that, that is going to, to be able to challenge them. And I think the biggest difference this year, as we've discussed over the last eight weeks, they're getting great quarterback play, and they've always been great on defense. Now they have the number one offense in college football. They seem absolutely unbeatable. Um, It's just amazing to watch week in and week out. I mean, you know, Tennessee coming off a win over a ranked team on the road. They beat, they won at Auburn, and they're down whatever it was, twenty-eight to nothing. About eight minutes into the game, it was unbelievable to watch. All right, we'll finish out all the other top twenty-five. A lot of action going on. Uh, A couple games still going on, also. So we'll check the scores on that first. Though, let's check in with DeSager. See what's trending out there. What's going on, DeSager? Somehow the Dodgers are going to the World Series. They take Game Seven on FS1. Post game interviews going on right now. Too late on the bandwagon, Arnie. NL Championship Series is over. The Dodgers win at top seed Milwaukee tonight, five to one. Yasiel Puig with the key three run homer in the sixth inning. He had three hits. Clayton Kershaw comes out of the pen. For the save, well, not technically a save, but getting the last three outs as he had done out of the bullpen the last two postseasons in deciding games. He pitches effectively. Oh, is that a dig at us? Look at that. I'm saying it has happened amazingly three years in a row, including Game 7 of the World Series last year and the clincher against the Nationals the year before where he got the save. This is a Dodger team that in mid-May had a record of 16-25. and They were already eight and a half games back in the division. They fought back and finished top for first in the NL West, won a tiebreaker game with Walker Bueller on the mound. Remember game 163 of the regular season. That got him home field advantage for the first round. And now here on the road, a game seven win to go to the World Series in Boston for game one Tuesday night on Fox TV. And guys, the stat, amazing as it is, is still true. When the Dodgers have a lead of four 
at any point in any game, they have always won this year. The only- Who are you picking in the World Series? Dodgers, Red Sox. Oh, Red Sox won 108. Are you kidding? Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's I mean the Sager. The Dodgers wow. won 91 games. The Red Sox 108. That lineup is phenomenal. And remember, we're going to have yeah. Baltimore was in the division too. Relax yourself. Oh, I agree. That's some of the wins. That's not all of the wins. Uh, when we have the three games, potentially three at Dodger Stadium next weekend. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. MVP candidate, is going to have to be in the lineup. So they're already talking about him playing outfield and move right. the defensive great Mookie Betts maybe into second base to get them both in the lineup in the they National League They did that earlier part. in the year once. Mookie used to be a second baseman in the minor leagues, mm. but he looks a little shaky out there a little bit. Houston second baseman Jose Altuve had knee surgery today. The front runner for the Reds manager's job is David Bell, son of Buddy Bell, according to Fox's John Morosi. As for college football, the night in college football is just about over and it includes the upset win of Purdue over number two Ohio State 49 to 20 Wow! also USC loses 41-28 at Utah the Trojans are 4-3 and and quarterback freshman star JT Daniels left in the second half with an apparent concussion UCLA up in the late game 10-0 over Arizona in the second quarter of play earlier wins for Alabama and Clemson for LSU Michigan and Oklahoma in the top 10 and there is a night in the NBA as we have Lakers at home home opener losing oh, 40- is that tonight wow <laughs> it is 47 46 Rockets lead mid-second quarter in LA already earlier wins for Charlotte and Dallas boy a lot to get to and one NFL note Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski did not make the trip to play the Bears tomorrow yep. ankle and back injury so officially listed as doubtful right now all right, thanks a lot to Sega. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. Uh, just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. Just fin- finish finishing off on the Dodgers. Mike uh, tweets in, you guys are surprised that baseball manager overthinks something? Yeah, right. I'm not. Baseball managers overthink decisions more than anyone other than maybe an idiot coach who throws a pass on first and goal from the one. Hashtag <laughs> Raider Nation. Hashtag Seahawks Nation. That's Mike out there. Um, you know, I, I look, he felt comfortable bringing Kershaw. It doesn't make a difference. He got the job done. They're going to the World Series. Uh, nobody's going to talk about that. But what a great World Series we're going to have. Ratings through the roof. Exactly what MLB needed. Dodgers and Red Sox. How great is that? It is. How about the fact, by the way, as much as you and I have just spent the last probably, what, four, five, ten minutes crushing Dave Roberts, the guy that's basically responsible for the, the Red Sox brace, breaking that 86-year curse, Dave Roberts, with that stolen base in 2004, now managing the opposing team. How do you like that? Unbelievable. Look at you. Look, Look at, at you me. pulling out the stuff like that. I'm just that. a baseball almanac. I'm a regular Peter right, Gammons or whoever talks let's, about baseball. Yeah, or whoever. Uh, let's go through the rest of the top 25. Just little quick notes on each game. You make a little comment. Um, let's get back to Ohio State. They lose 49-20. Uh, that is a final. Haskins threw the ball 73 times. I'm sure that wasn't the game plan. 470 yards, two touchdowns. They get clobbered. Purdue, 28 points in the fourth quarter. They win it 49-20. This will drop Ohio State, I'm not going to say out of the top 10, but probably to number 8. Um, I'm debating if they're going to be ahead of Texas or not. Not a good look when you lose uh, 49-20. That's a hell of a lot of points in 
we always question that defense for Ohio State. Now we see uh, the true meaning for, of them right now. Yeah, by the way, last segment, remember, Arnie, you mentioned why is Alabama so much better than everybody yeah. else? I don't know what the answer is, but if we agree that Nick's, that Urban Meyer is universally the second best coach in college football, how about this stat that your boy Aaron Torres just pulled up? Nick Saban hasn't lost to an unranked opponent since 2007. Wow. 80 straight games. This is now the second year in a row that Ohio State has lost by 25-plus to an unranked opponent last year, Iowa. This How year many games? Year. How many games? 80 straight, Arnie. Arnie, you still had hair on the top of your head last time Saban lost to an unranked opponent. That is unbelievable. So you're saying it's all Saban, why their head and shoulders better than everybody else. It is. And you know what's amazing, too, about Saban? I was thinking about because when you pitched, you know, we've talked about this on, on other shows, but I was thinking about this. He loses assistant coaches every year, too. I mean, he lost Kirby Smart a few years ago. He lost Lane Kiffin a few years ago. He lost Jeremy Pruitt, the guy that he faced with Tennessee today. It's uh, The guy just keeps losing assistant coaches. He keeps losing players, and he keeps on winning. It's incredible. I know you were asking me about Ohio State, but I thought that was kind of a fitting kind of thing to bring it full circle. I want you to know something. While everybody's watching the Dodgers go to the World Series, while everybody watched um, – Ohio State lose while everybody's watching LeBron's season opener in Los Angeles for some silly reason. I'm like, why can't I just leave well enough alone, just enjoy the games? (laughs) But no, I have to put on the Arizona game at the same exact time where Arizona's running for a long touchdown and they fumble at the five-yard line and they fumble into the end zone. As they're running just, just for a touchdown, nobody around them, they fumble it into the end zone. But nobody gets giving me grief over that because nobody's watching that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I live uh, about five minutes from the Rose Bowl. I think I need a, a clothes hanger to put on one of these TVs to get that game on on this TV here because nobody is watching yeah. that at all. Uh, by the way, you be prepared to be ripped. Would you like me to start with that with David, who tweets on in Aaron Torres, arm in arm, disrespectful? Thought that was a sign of unity. Stinking genius said that a Michigan player stomped on the logo. Sounds disrespectful to me. Arm in arm versus stomping. Then more post-game stomping and Harbaugh's comments. Not an eye for an eye at all. Um, well, it started with the arm in arm thing. It wasn't. They didn't do that as a retaliation for stomping on, on the um No, because that happened after the game. Yeah. I mean, it started with Michigan State. Michigan was out on the field in warm-ups, minding their own business, preparing for the game. Maybe, by the way, Michigan State should have been doing their own warm-ups because they didn't, they didn't do much once the game actually started. So take that, David. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't bring there's the there's a lot of bad blood, but, but you know what? Harbaugh, for him to get all upset about it, and then uh, after the – game his team does that how come nobody brought that up to him i don't know if anybody at the media said well what about your team stomping on, on the 50 yard line yeah all i saw was that uh he said it was bush league or childish or whatever and mark d'antonio basically said yeah well it wasn't it wasn't a big deal at all i just you know look I, i'm all for a good rivalry but when you get your butt kicked you just kind of got to take it you know and exactly so that, that's all i'm saying all right, uh, a couple other games. Clemson wins at 41-7 over NC State. Notice how we're just ignoring Clemson. Yep. Trevor Lawrence in that one, 26 of 39, over 300 yards and a touchdown. I'm still not sure they're the third-best team, and now they're probably going to move up to number two unless somebody seems to jump them, and I don't see that happening. But I don't see them as the second-best team in college football right now. No, I mean, this was their first win over a ranked opponent all year. Now, they did beat uh, – uh, they did beat – 
Texas A&M, who is now ranked, but this is the first time they've played a ranked team and won this season. I mean, look, the schedule leaves a lot to be desired. The fact remains, and we talk about this every week, Arnie, if they run the table, they are going to be in the Final Four in the playoff, but the competition just hasn't been there yet. And so forgive me for not being all that excited. This was the first-ranked opponent that they've played. NC State, by the way, who they beat, has not played any ranked opponents so I just I can't get too excited about Clemson right now. If they if they run the table, they go thirteen and zero. We'll have a different conversation. But right now, there's just there there's reason to think a Notre Dame and some of these one loss teams, the Michigans, the Georgias, et cetera, are better than them. Because Ohio State gets upset because Michigan has a good victory over Michigan State. Nobody say anything about LSU. Who people said, oh wow, after what happened last week, they're overlooking Mississippi State. Um, they grinded it out. Mississippi State gets a field goal, nothing after that. Uh, it was a typical LSU victory, 19-3. Uh, Joe Burrow, nothing great or anything like that, but uh, no major mistakes to have one interception. Um, good victory by LSU. That's going to move them up a notch and get them into that top four probably. Well, maybe, except your boy no, Torres. Well, yeah. Torres already had him in the top four last week. Yes, you did. Yes, I you did. did. I said, look, and it, it comes back to what we were just saying with Clemson. I said, I know LSU has a loss, but if you look at what they've done, it is a more impressive total body of work with, with than uh, than Clemson. Real quick on LSU, though. Yeah, I actually give them a lot of credit, Arnie. I don't know how you feel, but they they're coming off this huge emotional win. They got a buy. They got Bama. The whole road's ahead of them. I thought that it might be a little bit closer, that they might be looking ahead. Credit to them for taking care of business against Mississippi State. He's Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. We'll come back, get you the late scores. What's LeBron and the Lakers doing? And we'll finish out the top 25. Man, we got a lot to get to right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Rockets, 64. Lakers, 62. 3.7 seconds left in the first half. James Harden with 23. Chris Paul with 17, though he's going to the line. LeBron uh, only with 11 last I saw. I believe it was 11 points in the first half. 64-62 Rockets up by two uh, right before they go to halftime, Aaron. Yeah, LeBron. Uh, LeBron fever. I feel like a little bit, maybe Eminem and the guys disagree, but a little bit tempered with this Dodger stuff. I'm not saying LeBron's always the story, but here in L.A., I don't know, I just feel like the last couple of days it's been a little tiny bit under the radar because of this Dodgers. Oh, no, I, I, well, and, I, and I'll, yeah. I'll echo this because I, I, I was posing this question uh, to Jonas Knox and uh, on, on one of my shows last night because I thought that this could have been a little bit of a dilemma for L.A. fans because, okay, you got LeBron in his home opener, but then you've got the Dodgers playing in Game 7. Obviously... Obviously, like the, the to the conventional people, the obvious answer is you're going to watch Game Seven of the NLCS because there's nothing like a Game Seven. But I was telling this to At earlier that LeBron moves the needle in a different way, so there still is like the vibe and like the excitement about it. But to- Aaron's right; there, it, there, it's different because obviously the Dodgers are going back to the World Series. The attention's going to be driven there. So it's a little bit different. It was like the dilemma I had last week with the radio station, uh, my local station here. Do I air Red Sox 
game, what was it, game four or something yeah, like was, that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, Sunday. Or we were going to air the Kansas City Chiefs yeah, was, against the New England Patriots. Yeah, what was that? That was like game one. That was like game one or two, right? Yeah. yeah it was game two. I think it was game two. Yeah, so, you know, and that and, and that yeah. and that was literally they were like right across the street from each other, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was because the the baseball game got to start like an hour early, and then the football yeah. game, which was obviously the most important thing because it was Chiefs Patriots, you got an undefeated team coming in there. So same dilemma, yeah. Right, but I mean, look, obviously Dodgers game is done. Everybody's now tuned in uh, to see what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, not a good first half for LeBron. So we'll see what he does, but it does. It has a feel like a playoff game, Aaron. It really does, guys. I, I, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, I got to make sure I have it on. They're playing the Rockets, LeBron's first game. I mean, I, I was excited. Usually, I'm not this excited for a regular season game, Aaron. Yeah, I was into the uh, Trailblazers game the other night too when when LeBron opened up. I mean, look, there there is definitely uh, it is created. Uh, you know, I think just a, a new storyline. I think it's good. I mean, that's the thing about the NBA, right? Is that we all know, or I think we all know, who's going to win this league again. It's the Warriors. I think they're painfully boring. But at least LeBron, at least there's some buzz and at least there's some excitement. And I will say this, I do think the Lakers are going to be really, really interesting this year with those young guys, with LeBron, with some of those vets that, you know, what, what's the nice way to say it? They're a little quirky, I guess would be the nice yeah. way to say it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it'll at least be entertaining here over the next couple months. All right, let's just finish a couple more games in the top 25. Oklahoma which was up, I think, 28-7. Um, next thing you know, it's close at half, 28-24. And you're wondering if maybe Oklahoma lets this one slip through their fingers. Uh, actually, went even that far going into the fourth, but then they pull away 52-27. Kyler Murray, um, uh, okay game with the four touchdowns, but only a little bit over 200 yards passing. Was 19-29. Um, but I guess good victory by Oklahoma. They'll just move up maybe a notch or two, uh, be- maybe a notch or two, uh, because of the Ohio State loss. Yeah, what a weird game, Arnie. I don't know how close you watched this one. I know probably to poke your buddy Curse Plank, uh, you were probably watching it closely. But uh, t- no, what, what, when I think they're going to lose, I'll watch it all <laughs> intently. Uh, then when I think they're going to win, I'll move on to something else. Well, I was going to say it was a weird one because Oklahoma jumped out to this massive lead. TCU makes a quarterback change, cuts the lead to 28-24 at halftime, as you mentioned. And all of a sudden it's a game, and then TCU's quarterback gets hurt and Oklahoma pulls away, and it doesn't even look like it was close, but it was close and interesting there for a while before Oklahoma pulled away. All right, give a little love to your mythical uh, defending champions, yeah. uh, Central Florida, because you're, you're like, we got to give them a little love. Got to give them. Do we have to give them a little love? I don't know. Well, they're certainly better than Arizona, I can tell you that. Wow, much, but- are they better than Alabama? Notre Dame. Schools is it, like that? Well, that, no. Well, I don't know. I mean, they beat Auburn was the SEC champ last year. They beat Auburn. They Go beat ahead. Auburn. Yeah, they Go beat ahead. Auburn last year. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, like my whole thing is like, I look. I don't think they're going to get in. I know they won't get in. As a matter of fact, but I mean, we're we're looking at a scenario. It's almost certain we're going to have two. Uh, every team in the Pac-12 has two losses. Probably every team in the Big 12 could potentially end up with two losses, depending on what happens. I'm just. How many games in a row do they have to win before they get people's respect? I'm not. I'm not saying that they're Alabama. I don't think anybody is. Yeah, but. You tell me on a neutral field, you mean to tell me they can't maybe play with the LSU and Ohio State the way they look tonight? I don't know. I just think they should be more in the conversation than they are. I think a lot of people say we don't even want to give them a chance. We don't even want to see them out there. 
Um, but then again, ratings isn't what Central Florida is all about. All right, we're almost into hour one in the books. I mean, we just crushed hour number one almost. Uh, you want to get in Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. So send those in fast and furious. Lots to get to an hour two here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. He's Aaron underscore Torres. If you want to go ahead, send him a tweet. I'm at stinking genius one. Great night for sports talk radio. Congratulations to the L.A. Dodgers. Their go to the World Series to take on the Boston Red Sox. Ratings through the roof, I imagine, on this one. Unbelievable. How excited are you? You are in the belly of the beast in Boston. You're from L.A. The Dodgers, you claim, are your team when they're good. <laughs> How do you feel about this one? Um, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, I really believe that the Dodgers are in better shape starting pitching-wise um, maybe even bullpen-wise. Um, as for the lineup, though, gosh, the way the Red Sox won 108 games, and I know a lot of it came against Baltimore, but their lineup is hitting great at the bottom of the lineup, especially Jackie Bradley Jr., yep. who won the MVP. I don't know if the Dodger lineup is going to hit as well as the Red Sox lineup. Yeah, the Dodgers were really weird because they were struggling so much. They get that extra innings win, and then they, they, they hit pretty well on the back end of the series. It was funny because... They have that that great late-night win, I think it was, whatever, 13 innings, and the next day is a day game, so they don't take batting practice, and that's when the bats came alive for them. So uh, obviously not the depth in the lineup that, that the uh, the Red Sox have, but when you look at guys like Machado, Puig, et cetera, I mean, they could put up, put up runs. I, I'm really curious, too, Arnie, is just the experience of being there last year. They were so close. I know it's a different team against a different opponent, but you got to think they got a little something extra just for that. I think I see that the Red Sox, the early favorites, according to the Superbook, um, Red Sox for the series minus 135, Dodgers plus 115, coming out about 15 minutes ago. So uh, as expected, uh, the Red Sox, the early favorites in, in that one. And like I said, Chris Sale will be the opening, day, or will be the opening starter on Tuesday um, because he didn't have to pitch game five for the Red Sox. He would have been ready to go for game six. Um, but uh, the Red Sox didn't have to go ahead and go that far. So Red Sox are going to be the more rested team. There's no doubt about that, Aaron. Yeah, and they're at home, too, to start the series. So Dodgers got to fly cross country, whatever. I mean, baseball guys are used to it at this point, but I, I still, I know they won. I still don't like the way Dave Roberts juggled that bullpen tonight, and not to get super nerdy bullpen guy, but, like, I just don't like a lot of the decisions that he's made over the course of this series. We'll see if it, if it ever comes back to bite him. It did last year, late in that World Series against the Astros. I'll be curious to see if it has any effect this year against the Red Sox. All right, uh, we got a lot of college football to get to. By the way, um, before we started the show today, I was thinking not a lot of great matchups. I thought it was a horrible weekend in college football. Yes, I know Ohio State gets upset. Um, we had the Michigan win, but not a lot of sexy matchups, not a lot of you know, uh, you know, final buzzer beaters or, you know, um, last second wins or anything like that. I, I was not impressed with this weekend's uh, games. Totally agree with you. And it was funny, too, because the one game that I think everybody was looking forward to in that early window, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. 
weather delay, and right. we're stuck with a lot of Auburn, Ole Miss, and uh, Arkansas, Tulsa, and I can't even remember who else was playing at that time slot. But Oklahoma, TCU, I believe too. Yeah, and that one, like we said earlier, it kind of got a little bit out of control there early. I'm with you, but uh, you know, like, luckily, as it always does with college football, the the end of the day. Uh, proved to be worth it with this Ohio State game. But, yeah, a little bit of a slow start to the day for sure. Of course, the big story, Purdue wins it over Ohio State 49-20. Yes, you heard me right, 49. Purdue puts up 28 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, This was a 7-3 game late in the first half. Ohio State driving. They drop a third-down touchdown pass in the end zone, obviously. Uh, Go for the field goal on fourth. That is missed. And Purdue gets the late touchdown, 14-3. And Ohio State never... In this game after that, and the fact that Purdue hung 49 on them really has you scratching your head about this Ohio State defense. Um, we questioned them against Minnesota, as you brought up earlier, but Haskins, 49-73, 470 and two touchdowns, not the game plan to throw the ball 73 times. Ohio State's going to drop how far, I would say about number seven or number eight, probably stay ahead of Texas if, uh, if you're asking me. Yeah, I think the good thing is that we've learned through the years is that as long as Ohio State takes care of business from here on out, they're going to be just fine. Um, that, that would obviously include beating Michigan, which is looking uh, like a very good team and would be a very good win. That Penn State win is going to hold up. They still have to play, by the way, Michigan State, who has given them trouble historically. But if Ohio State wins, they'll be, wins out, they'll be fine. I think it's hard to look at that team, what we saw tonight, and say they will win out problems on defense, problems in the running game. This is a, a team with holes. Even though that jersey says Ohio State, they got issues. Let's get to Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, before we get to the game, we mentioned this earlier, to start the game off, Michigan State walking arm-in-arm, I guess went a little bit too far, caused a ruckus, a shenanigans, uh, you know, getting to a little bit of a altercation, I guess is the word I'm looking for, uh, with the Michigan players. One Michigan player had the earbuds ripped out of his ear, I guess the Michigan State uh, D'Antonio is, uh, according to Harbaugh, was five yards away from this, smiling, enjoying the ruckus going on. Um, look, it, it, was that a big thing? Is this just part of the whole Michigan-Michigan State mystique, rivalry, that it goes this far, or are these coaches taking it too far? Well, let me flip it on you, Arnie, because, I, I look, I thought the Michigan State thing was a little disrespectful. It's one thing if you have a pregame routine, tradition, whatever, but once, right. the, once the other team takes the field for warm-ups, I mean, you right. have to respect the competition. So, so you're in agreement with me then? Absolutely. I, I thought Michigan State uh, took it a little too far. Now, I didn't have video of the guy getting his earbuds ripped off or anything like that, so I've, I've got to take first you know, reports on that. Uh, sure. Assuming that's true, right? Yeah, no, and I, look, all of this, all that makes sense is like it, there was nothing malicious. Nobody got hurt, like all that stuff. But I just think it's one thing. Look, you want to be a competitor, you want to bully the opponent, you want to show how tough you are, and you're on our field now, and blah blah blah, and this and that. I also just feel like there's common etiquette, common decorum. And you did mention earlier in the show, Arnie, is that after the game, some Michigan players were stomping on. Oh the... no, 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 not some. The whole team. Well, good for them. Yeah, I no, would was too. It, was, I, maybe I didn't say it right. It was the whole team. Um, whatever you take traveling with you, fifty, sixty, whatever it is, seventy, right there in the middle, jumping up and down on top of Sparty, um, and and you know, obviously trying to take a dig at it. 
Yeah, but the thing is, again, and, and I hate to be like a little kid here who started it, but I mean, you know. <laughs> who started it? Yeah, like, I mean, at, at a certain point, if a team disrespects you like that, I don't know, do you disagree? I feel like you have the right to kind of, hey, we just kicked your butt. It's, it was 21-7. The game was a lot more one-sided than the final score would indicate. I feel like good for Michigan. They tried you to know, bully I, you. I feel you, you can do that when you're playing at home. But the fact that you're on the road, you got the victory, just pack up, get the hell out of there, and, and move on. I know it's your rivals in Michigan State, but come on now. You know just you know it's hostile. You know you're going to cause a problem. If you're at home and you want to play up to the home crowd and go into the stands or you know do the Notre Dame singing afterwards, knock yourself out. But you're on the road. Let's get dressed and get the heck out of here, you know? I disagree. Savor wow. it even more. But stand around and rub it in their face? Is that oh, what you want yeah. to do? I let them stay all night. I'd grab some tents <laughs> and pitch, pitch those Camp tents. Out. Let's get the tents going yeah. on. Get a, little, get a little bonfire going. No, I mean, you know, obviously, I, I, I think, you know, it kind of plays back to what we were saying about with Michigan State earlier is if they, they were at home and obviously there are certain, you know, luxuries that you get at home that you don't get on the road. But again, if Michigan State hadn't done that pregame, I doubt Michigan State is dancing and celebrating on the 50-yard line. I mean, because, you know, the thing with Michigan is they're a team that their their important games, the football that matters for them is ahead of them. I don't think they would have cared that much. But, you know, when you make it personal, uh, you make it personal. And that's exactly what happened. And, and so, no, I really honestly have no problem with the way the way that uh, Michigan handled things after the game. Let's jump down a little bit down the top 25. Let's go to Washington. This was billed as a monster game. It was 14-13 to the half at the half against Colorado. Uh, remember, Washington was coming in 3-1 and one in the Pac-12. Colorado was 2-1, and one, so obviously a um, monster game for both, especially if Washington wanted to go ahead and be one of the teams in that 14 playoff. They had a lot of climbing to do, and some people think it's going to be too little too late anyway. But Washington comes up with a big second after defense. Great job in Colorado. And you want to talk about it being chippy. I was watching some of this also. Uh, Colorado and Washington just drawing back and forth, especially the uh, the, the, uh, Colorado quarterback, uh, Montez. Mm -hmm. Every time something Washington did with the defensive backs by knocking away a pass, they would jaw with him, and he would come back and jaw back. I'm like, you're the quarterback, dude. Don't pay attention to them. But uh, very chippy. Good win for Washington, though, in this one. Well, and it's one thing to, to to yap and run your mouth. It's another thing if you're a quarterback. And it's another thing if you're getting your butt kicked like, uh, like, like Colorado did. Only 263 yards of total offense, 144 yards passing for Steven Montez. I mean, this isn't one that uh, when he tries tries out for the NFL next year is going to be no. on his reel. So, uh, you know, I have no problem with, with talking a little smack, but – you got to do it when you're winning. You got to do it when you're ahead. And yeah, it's just it's a bad look. And and frankly, it was a, a bad day overall for the Pac-12, who now is basically down to just Washington State as a potential playoff team. Uh, no love for Penn State. They win. Uh, it wasn't as close as the 33-28 score, but it was a, 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 a good offensive output on both teams there. Trace McSorley, not one that you're going to write home about. 220 yards, no touchdowns, did have the interception. Uh, McSorley had over 100 yards on the ground, though, so that's what saved them. Big effort here. Penn State gets the victory. So, you know, obviously they'll continue 
uh, with what they've got. They're not going to make any noise. They already got two losses, but they're five and two, two and two in the Big Ten. Good victory though uh, over an Indiana team that gets overlooked a lot of times. Well, it's interesting because now they can play spoiler. I mean, if you look at the standings, they are. Uh, obviously out of it because of that loss to Ohio State, and as you said, back-to-back losses with Ohio State and uh, Michigan State. But next week they have Iowa, which is is at sitting at 6-1 and one and 3-1 and one in the league. You can basically knock them out of contention for the Big West, the Big Ten West Championship. And then the following week you go to Michigan, and Michigan has a chance to go to the playoff. They have a, they have a chance for a lot of things. So Penn State, really good team. They could have beaten Ohio State, and they could certainly be a spoiler over these next few weeks. I know I know, we're short on time, and maybe we'll get to this later on. I sent you an article about a memo that Yahoo Sports came across about Coach Leach uh, uh, bringing up that he can't tr- uh, trust the Pac-12 officials anymore. Yeah, lay it out for the audience, because I thought it was pretty interesting. Well, he had sent a memo to the Pac-12 office saying that he feels like they're trying to manipulate who wins and who loses, um, which is another way of kind of saying you're fixing games. And that's not the first time I've sent you an article about the Pac-12 officiating. Remember, we we sent you one last week about the instant replay and how a third non-official decided not to throw somebody out for USC for targeting. Look, there's so much to get into, but... There's got to be an investigation into what's going on with the Pac-12 officials. Does there not? I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. Now coaches are starting to get involved there. Well, and that's the scary part if you're in the Pac-12 offices is, you know, fans all the time, they're going to say stuff like, oh, of course the Big Ten wants Ohio State to win or the Pac-12 wants USC or whatever because that's what fans do. But when coaches feel that way, when coaches don't feel like they're getting a fair shake, you know, that's something that from the league office has to come on down. And, and and you know, there has to be something. I know that Larry Scott, the commissioner, has come out over the last couple of days and said, you know, we're going to review everything we do. And especially based on what you mentioned earlier, Arnie, there was a, a, a targeting non-call that yeah. was, like, shocking if you see the video. And so the, the commission has made a big deal about, oh, the things are going to change. But when you have a coach calling, yeah. calling it out, that is really, really bad. All right, uh, we'll go. Coming up next, we're going to Vegas, baby. Vegas. We're checking in with Vegas Runner. We got a lot to ask him. Games for tomorrow. Who had the bad beats? What's the early line for the World Series? All that's coming up next. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. All right, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Guys, let's go right out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now, you can check him out at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. Or you can tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. It's Vegas Runner. How you doing, Vegas Runner? Never better, Arnie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me uh, once again on the show. Aaron, and uh, busy day. Of course, it's college football. And uh, more importantly, with the baseball, 
Game seven tonight, uh, Dodgers coming through. That was a big win for the books. Uh, they were getting pounded with one-sided public money on Milwaukee. Uh, wise guys were on the Dodgers. No surprise. They had the Dodgers for the series, and they didn't come back to hedge that bet. Um, they let it ride as the uh, Dodgers were the hot side for the Sharps tonight. Uh, but more than enough public money on Milwaukee to uh, make it a good result for the books. And more importantly, Dodgers-Boston, you can't really get Oof. a better World Series uh, for bookmakers and for Major League Baseball. So uh, a lot got done today, and tomorrow we got Week 7 of NFL. Well, let's start with baseball. Uh, let's go ahead and give me, do you have a, any early lines? I think that the Red Sox are a slight favorite in this. And yeah, how much money will how much money will come in on something like this? Um, around minus 125, Boston, uh, you know, being home, they'll, they'll be probably around 125, 130. What was the number that was slated if it was going to be this matchup, uh, you know, with, with Boston getting home field? Uh, so yeah, I, I think they're going to get good two-way action. Arnie, believe it or not. Um, I don't think they're going to get one-sided action. And you you didn't see anything immediately come in uh, when that line went up. So it's going to be interesting between now and Game 1 on Tuesday uh, to see if any of the betting syndicates get involved. And more importantly, where the public bets their money. I'm probably going to come in on Boston, the home team. But I don't know. I, I could see Dodgers money coming in, especially out here on the West Coast. How much action does the World Series or an individual game or whatever get? I mean, we know football is king in this country, but but how how does baseball compare relative to other sports? Yeah, it's not going to get the, the the volume that football does. No, not no other sport does. Um, but with that said, baseball in October is when it gets the most betting action. The first month, people are excited with the start of baseball in April, but nothing like when October rolls around. And when you get into the World Series, more times than not, it's going to depend on the matchup. Um, you know, are they marquee teams? Uh, with big fan bases or those small market teams? And this year, we got, uh, teams with two huge uh, fan bases, major cities. Uh, so mm. I think this one's going to do extremely well. Again, not your, your football-type numbers, uh, but it'll surpass your primetime NFL games. I would put it up there with the NFL playoff game um, as far as World Series game-by-game action goes. Interesting. All right, let's get the college football. Oh, my goodness. Give me a little money line on Purdue over Ohio State. How did the books do on that one? And I'm sure money line paid quite handsomely in this one. Yeah, you know, the, the wise guys were on Purdue. That line dropped down to as low as 12, uh, but the public obviously was on Ohio State. We thought we were going to get Ohio State-Michigan at the end of the season. Uh, you know, they're still going to play, but uh, we'll see what, how that game shapes up now. Ohio State was a minus 500 favorite. Uh, wow. Went off at about minus 450, uh, plus 350 on Purdue. So you got three and a half to one on your money on that home dog if you Bet it on the money line. If you bet Ohio State, you laid five to win one and not a good result at all. The game did end up going over uh, barely uh, by a point or two. And, again, that wasn't a great result for the books as, as both the Sharps and the public were betting that game over. One thing Arnie and I were arguing about a little bit a minute ago. So Central Florida, look, we, <laughs> I'm just saying we know they're not Bama, Notre Dame, whatever. But at a certain point, you win so many games in a row – I just think we should at least keep them in the conversation. If they let's take out Bama because they're so much better than everybody else. If they were on a neutral field against a Michigan, a Notre Dame, Clemson, 
one of those one of those teams at the top that isn't Bama. What kind of point spread are we looking at? Okay, UCF on a, on a neutral field against Michigan would be about I'd say easily uh, two touchdown favorite, wow. probably around yeah eleven twelve points at the Ooh. least. Um, yeah, because if, against Alabama, they'd be three touchdown favorites easily, probably a, a little higher than that. But uh, the books would bring it out lower, obviously, because they're in the business of managing risk. It's different between what they're going to put out as, as a true line compared to a fair line. A fair line's meant to split the betting action and put them with limited risk, limited liability. Uh, if they you know, put a, a, re, a true number out there, that, that's meant to split the result. Long-term, Team A is supposed to cover 50% of the time at this point spread. Team B is supposed to cover 50% of the time at this point spread. Since they get 11 to 10 long-term, if they can do that, they're going to turn a profit. So they probably wouldn't put Alabama as a three-touchdown favorite or Michigan as a two-touchdown favorite because the public would come in one-sided on UCF thinking they're better than that number reflects. But I'm telling you, what would happen is the public would be on UCF and the wise guys would be stepping over each other to get to the window to unload on the favorite knowing this line ain't high enough because, believe it or not, um, you know, teams like Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, all those would be you know, two-touchdown favorites believe it or not, over UCF, based strictly on power ratings alone, what the odds makers' real numbers look like. All right, let's get to the NFL. Let's start with the New England Patriots in Chicago, taking the Bears. Now, Patriots had a lot of time to prepare for the Kansas City game. They had like 10 days. You're not getting that uh, advantage in this one. Chicago, Khalil Malk was held out of one of the last practices, but then again, Gronk didn't make the trip. Lined open up at two and a half. The Patriots were favored. That line now down to two, maybe even one and a half. What's going on here, Vegas runner? Wise guys love Chicago, Arnie. That's one that every every group that I provide betting accounts for that bet NFL and win long term doing well have Chicago plus three in their pocket already. Wow. Um, they really like Chicago in this matchup. And and I agree. I mean, most power ratings, at least from the winning guys, would have Chicago as a favorite in this game. Um, most believe the wrong team is favored. I mean, listen, this line reflects that in, in New England, New England would be around a six, six and a half point favorite uh, against Chicago. And I mean, they were six and a half at home against Miami. Um, they were six and a half against Houston. And Chicago is a much better team, uh, I think, than that. Uh, so uh, I think I, this is more of a reflection of the, the wise guys taking advantage of the, the books having to put a, a higher number than they should have. Uh, but the public's going to come in on New England. Being able to get New England at pretty much a pick em, you know, a coin flip, uh, you're going to get one-sided public money on New England. So the books are going to be hoping the wise guys got it right with Chicago. That's for sure. Tennessee plays the Chargers in London. How how does the travel factor into what you guys do and or what what people in Vegas do in setting a number specifically with the Chargers who I I believe if I'm not mistaken never went back to LA. They played in Cleveland, stayed in Cleveland then went straight to London. Yeah, and it's hard to quantify who has the edge there. 
You know, I mean, as far as the, the travel goes, they're professional athletes. Um, these guys are used to traveling. Granted, you're changing time zone. You're going to another continent. Um, it's a little different than going from the east to the west coast. Uh, but with that said, it's very difficult to quantify as far as this is how many points it's worth and, and which team really does have an advantage over the other. Um, with that said, we've seen this line go up and down. What I mean by that is it opened around six, six and a half, got bet up to seven. At seven, you saw Tennessee money come in from some sharps. At six and a half, you saw Charger money from some sharps. Um, so it seems like that's the right number um, that, that the books have up there. The public's going to be on the, the Chargers. So far, they're already getting a lot of Chargers one-sided uh, money. That's the obviously really, really early game. And it's going to be tied into a lot of later games, meaning there'll be a lot of teasers on the Chargers and money line parlays with later games to where the Chargers just have to win this game pretty much straight up. So that's what they've been getting mostly on that one. Uh, Brooks are going to be hoping Tennessee could keep it much closer than they did last week against Baltimore. All right, Vegas, runner, before I let you go real quick, uh, extra money coming in on the Lakers because of LeBron. Double the money, triple the money, nothing really more, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, listen, here's what's going to happen. I, like we see all the time that the market yeah. overreacts um, and, and you don't make money betting those teams that, that everybody's jumping on, uh, especially early on in the season when you're paying a premium. And that's exactly what you're seeing with the L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Uh, win or lose, whether you cash your ticket or not, right now you are not getting the best of it betting that team. <laughs> There's definitely a premium attached because they're getting volume and money from the public every night. I know nope. this. Uh, I was gonna say real quick. I know the season yeah. already started. Is there money coming in on anyone other than the Warriors, or is there a hot pick right now with the uh, other teams? No, and by the and way, I saw the with Vegas with Runner, the NBA. I, I I would say I saw somebody bet sixty seven thousand dollars on the Warriors just to make the playoffs to win six hundred and seventy. Yeah, that's, that's that's what you're getting. Exactly yes. what you're getting. Yeah. And actually, it's been a negative. It really has because people aren't even wasting their money. Where with the NFL, even last year when we had it was kind of historic that the Patriots went into the season such a favorite. They went they, when the season kicked off, they were down to around two or three to one um, favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's unheard of. Prior of the season. And even with them being that top-heavy, um, there was still a ton of future money because people thought they're baitable. But with Golden State, that's where the problem lies, that the rest of the, the teams aren't getting money, that most think you're not beating them. You know, maybe, right. you know, the... the, the second team or third team at the most may be getting a little money, but that's it. And I think that's been a negative more than a positive as far as NBA futures market the last few years with Golden State. You can get a hold of Vegas Runner at TheBigMoves.com That's TheBigMoves.com. You can tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. Great job, my friend. Enjoy the games. Tomorrow we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the games. Take Thank care. Becoming sense. a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back that you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. That's discover.com slash match. 
limitations do apply. The Sager, what's trending out there? Tons of games still going on, and the you Lakers bet. are in a battle. And do we have NFL notes now that you just talk football? Chargers running back Melvin Gordon with his hamstring was downgraded to questionable today for the London game, and the Chargers did sign a running back from the practice squad just in case. Tight end Rob Gronkowski did not make the trip to the Patriots game at Chicago. Ankle and back injuries. The Jets cut wide receiver Terrell Pryor, who has a groin injury, and Detroit defensive end Ziggy Ansah still out with a shoulder injury. The late NBA game has started the fourth quarter in L.A. Lakers home opener. Rockets up 98 to 97 over the Lakers. 28 points for Chris Paul and 8 assists for Houston. James Harden with 25 points. Mm. LeBron James with 18 points in the first three quarters. LA Times says at halftime of this Laker home opener, they showed the last out of the Dodger game on the video board. Standing ovation in the arena. The Dodgers take Game 7 of the NLCS at top-seeded Milwaukee 5-1. to one. Yasiel... They thought that was the home opener. They didn't know that was for the World Series. No. Puig, <laughs> three-run homer in in the sixth, he had three hits. Pitcher Clayton Kershaw got the last three outs. And uh, we mentioned earlier about how many wins the Red Sox had, 108 this year, and how many more than their World Series opponent, and Boston is favored. Stats had a great note tonight, the Stats Inc. people, that when you have a team with this many more wins than their World Series opponent, such as Boston, when it's 15 wins or more, those teams do usually win the World Series, 6-1 and wow. one all time. And, in fact, the only time there was an upset in that case was 1906. So in the last century, the team with that many more regular season wins does always win the World Series. John Heyman, longtime baseball writer, with a great note. Cody Bellinger was series MVP for the Dodgers, named tonight, two-run homer for him tonight in the second. He's been in the major leagues two seasons, been to the World Series twice. His dad had four seasons in the majors and made it to the World Series all four times. He had three years on the Yankee roster about 20 years ago, and they were a World Series all team, all three. And then he got a couple games with the Angels to end his career 2002. That was the only Angels World Series year. So wow. Bellinger, six years out of six with a chance at a ring. Amazing. Now, wait a minute. Well, maybe I could top that. What about the old Islander guy, Kenny Morrow? Who won in college, won the Olympics, and then won with the Islanders, like uh, three or four in a row, I believe. I think he went from the gold medal to four straight Stanley Cups. Yeah, Yeah. you like how I pulled that out, huh? (laughs) Very good. And someone on Twitter, I did not think of this. Guys, a week from tomorrow, we could have all four major sports all playing in downtown L.A. on the same day. Wow. A week from tomorrow, the Rams are hosting the Packers daytime, and the L.A. Kings, Staples Center, are hosting the New York Rangers daytime. Then nighttime at Staples Center, the Clippers have a home game against the Wizards, and nighttime at Dodger Stadium overlooking downtown, it would be Game 5 of the World Series okay. against Boston. What reporter is going to go to all four and then write about it? <laughs> not possible. Well, oh, well not to actually see. A little see. bit here, a little bit there. It's going to be a Pacific time 515 baseball if there is a game five and then 630 basketball mm. and of course daytime kings and daytime rams that's not going to wow. work out either but anyway online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience the upset in college football tonight at purdue Boilermakers defeated number two Ohio State 49 to 20, and there are three games still going on. UCLA leading 17 7 over Arizona in the third. San Diego State early third up 10 6 on San Jose State, and Hawaii 3 0 in the Mountain West leading 7 3 against Nevada late first quarter, guys.
All right, thanks a lot. The Sagers, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more uh, on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. Uh, who has a better life right now, the people in Los Angeles, Aaron Torres, or the people in Boston? Uh, they got the Patriots, who obviously had all their success with Tom Brady being the goat and all. They've got the Red Sox, obviously, going to the World Series. And the Celtics, I think the Celtics, if I'm correct, have clinched a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals already. So Where they're uh, going to lose to my Raptors. Where they're going to lose to my Raptors. By the way, you know who's got it better than them? I'll give you one. Is it, is it Los Angeles between the Rams? the Wait, well, the Lakers aren't looking so hot right now. And uh, obviously the Dodgers. Well, as a sports fan, I think advantage goes to Boston. Because they've actually won something. I, listen. Wow. No, I mean, listen. I mean, I've been here in L.A. for. I, I moved here in 2012. So I'm going on year six now. Almost to year seven. They haven't won a championship. I mean, the the Patriots have won, I think, three Super Bowls since then. The 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 Red Sox have won a World Series, going for another one. The Celtics are much improved. By the way, you know who who has it better than those guys? Who? Oh, nobody can't be anybody. I got one for you. How about Butch Jones? Did oh, jeez, yeah, yeah. Did you see today? He got <laughs> yes, a Gatorade bath. At, he's a he's for people who don't know. It's a former Tennessee coach. Yeah, and he's a, still getting paid. By the way. He's an analyst at Alabama, which means he's basically a glorified intern. But <laughs> he's getting paid his buyout of millions of dollars by Tennessee. He returns to Tennessee as an Alabama analyst, then gets a Gatorade bath on the other sideline while he's still getting checks from the exact same school that his team just beat by 40. You- you should write an article about bad contracts. I mean, we always hear about the Bobby Bonilla one. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, and real quick, I'm just going to stop and talk to you for just one second because uh, Lance Stevenson was taken down by the neck. Ooh. Uh, and uh, there was no tuffle. The players that kind of gather around. I'm shocked. Um, I'm absolutely shocked that it didn't get into uh, something a little bit more physical. I, I don't know if you guys have the game on. Was that Lance Stevenson? It looked like it, yeah. Yeah. No, Josh Well, Hart. maybe it was a little bit not as much as I made it. He did take him around the neck, though. It was Josh Hart, but Lance Stevenson jumped right in and was not having it at all. All right, so there you go on that. Sorry to just kind of jump no, in on okay. that one. Um, yeah, so, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, having it the best way is them. You should write a story on who has the best contracts. Obviously, Bobby Bonilla's name keeps coming up. I remember the old-time people like Ernie D, Ernie D. Rigorio, uh was getting paid. He still might be getting paid. With some of these crazy contracts that are out there, Aaron. I'll give you one. How about yeah. your boy, Kevin Sumlin? Because, and I'll tell you why, if I'm not mistaken, all these other guys that had all these massive buyouts, they had a stipulation where if they accepted a new deal, obviously their buyout was no right. good. Right. I believe Kevin Sumlin was paid his entire buyout within like a month of losing his job. Wow. Now he's at Arizona. Making money, new check, new everything. Gotta love those double paychecks. Yes, like you when you were in that Arby's commercial that one time. <laughs> All right, a couple things before we uh, get ready for the Sager next segment. I just wanted to wrap it up, put a bow on this one. Um, Nick Saban getting ice thrown at him. Obviously, you know, that would have been the biggest story of the show today if we didn't have so much else going on. Um, I didn't hear the post game conference by Coach Saban, but. 
the police did go into the stands, remove the Tennessee fan from that. Uh, nothing crazy, but I'm surprised something like this hasn't happened more often, Aaron. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw it last week in New England with Tyreek Hill, right? And uh, it's just, you know, listen, I, I think that it's one thing if you want to yell. It's one thing if you want to scream. I never have a problem if a fan, like, yells stupid stuff. But when you start throwing stuff, that's when it. That's when I think it crosses the line. Uh, by the way, we're not going to do our top four? Are we not doing that this week? Top five? Top six? Um, I, I kind of yeah. forgot. Do you want to squeeze it in right here real quick? Well, just tell me real quick. I was just thinking about it. I completely forgot myself, so... Well, if, you if to I'm going to, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you real quick right now. If I'm going to go ahead and do it, and that's obviously dropping uh, what Ohio State did because they're no longer going to go ahead and be number two. So my number one team is still going to go ahead and be Alabama. There's not going to be a change there, obviously. Number two's going to be Clemson, though I really hate to put them there. I'm going to put Notre Dame at number three, have LSU at number four. I know you don't like when I do my top five, um, but at number give me five. five I may jump Michigan over Georgia, so I have Michigan and Georgia, and I'm probably going to drop Ohio State uh, to number seven just ahead of Texas and Central Florida and Oklahoma. Oh, so Oklahoma is behind all those teams. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, what do you think? You got your top four or what? Yeah, I got top four. Bama number one, Bama number two. No, um, <laughs> they're so much better than everybody else. Bama one, Notre Dame two. I still think the, the, I think they're the second best team in the country. Yeah. I really do. I mean, they play great defense, and they got Ian Book. Uh, three, I will go LSU because I think their resume is more impressive. Four, I will go Clemson, and then right on the outside, I'm with you. I think Michigan is that one loss team that that right now they certainly have the best loss of anyone in, uh, of the real contenders. Uh, so I'll go Michigan at five, Georgia six. Although Oklahoma looked really good today, yeah. it, it, they're they're one that they're kind of everyone just forgot about them. It wouldn't surprise me if 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 that last Sunday they're that team that gets that one of those spots. All right, how are the Lakers doing? We'll tell you when we get back. The Sager will have the answer. Uh, you're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Great news, everybody. There's a quick way you can save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Let's check in with the Sager. The Sager, how are my Lakers looking, my friend? Please stop getting on every team's bandwagon. Wow. You're signed, worse than Drake. Signed every wow. team. Wow. <laughs> Great intro music, by the worse way. Worse than Drake? Oh, my goodness. You <laughs> are. Yeah, I'm sure you're wearing, uh, you're probably wearing a Purdue jersey at home right now. But <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> For one night, uh, it's under eight minutes to go in the Lakers home opener. The Rockets leading 106-102. We all know the Lakers don't have shooters on this year's roster. In fact, from three-point range in the opener a couple nights ago, they missed their first 15 tries from long distance. Three-point shooting tonight. Lonzo Ball, four of seven. I saw. The rest of the Lakers, four for 22 from long distance. So they're down by four. And uh, for Houston, Chris Paul, 28 points. James Harden with 25. That's the late game in the NBA. Yeah, but James Harden shot like 100 shots so far. Well, that's par for the courses. No, they both have about 17 shots. Do they? Yeah, Yeah. In this game. And more to come. No doubt. Of course. Uh, The opener, by the way, that the Lakers had on TNT Thursday night, nationally, NBA got killed by baseball playoffs in ratings this week. However, 
in LA, it got great ratings. It's TNT's best rating in LA in like four years. And in (laughs) fact, it's the best national Laker rating for any channel since Kobe retired. So that's something. And it did start at 1045 Eastern time. The Lakers game at Portland on Thursday nationally got 3.3 million viewers. The Red Sox clinching got about 6.3 million, just for the record. Today in college football, we had Clemson dominating its top 20 matchup against NC State, 41 to 7. Last year, NC State's head coach should complain to the refs following last year's loss to Clemson saying he even wanted the Clemson team to be investigated for having a laptop on the sideline. (laughs) Clemson said it belonged to the member of the social media team. Anyway, you know how they hold up the cards on the sidelines for play calls, either photos or... One of them was a laptop. So they were trolling NC State to no end during that fourth game today. Meanwhile, we had a Division Three record set in college football. 51st consecutive loss for Earlham in Indiana, oh. a no. team that hasn't won a football game in five years. They were playing their conference champ of almost every year of the last decade and gave up about 500 yards in the first half and wound up losing 64-20 to today. Ooh, so close. Two items like of good news. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Two items of good news for Earlham. One, they're off next weekend. Second, when they <laughs> resume in a couple weeks, they're playing playing an 0-7 team, Defiance of Ohio. So okay, I'm calling the upset now. I'm That's your the upset yeah. special. An yes. hour from now is Division Three. Earl. What am I calling the upset? Earlham. Earlham. I don't know. Defiance. I mean, the last couple games they've been. They've, I feel like they're getting better over the course. Yeah, of the season. yeah, they've looked good. Their their games are all on TV. By the way, apparently it's. Uh, 80 straight is the NCAA record for any division. Prairie View football yes. about 20 years ago had lost 80 straight games. There was an article about a guy that went to Prairie View and then Columbia grad school and hadn't seen a oh football my. team win in eight years or something. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> and a note about Northern Illinois football. You know there's a minimum attendance standard to be an FBS, a so-called Division One football team. Yeah. you got to have at least 15,000 average. Well, Northern Illinois listed their attendance for last year at a certain amount that would have been over the average. However, the student newspaper got a hold of an audit that said, nope, the actual tickets that they, uh, you know, not tour these days, but that they scanned for entering the stadium last season actually fell short. And the NCAA has made Northern Illinois buy tickets enough to bring them up to standard. Northern Illinois had to buy back nearly $275,000 worth of football tickets from last season to make them still an FBS program and reach the attendance minimum. I like that. All right, the Sager, thank you very much. Two hours are in the books. We're cruising along tonight. The Power Hour coming up next. We'll get in the week seven of the NFL, wrap everything else up, get you ready for the World Series here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for free rate. Quote, put on them seatbelts. We got a lot to get to. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Marty Spanier. I said we were going to break down week seven of the NFL before we even get to that. Are you watching the Laker game? Are you watching the Laker game, Aaron? So all I I just looked up during during the break, and I I saw some some fists thrown. Let me tell you what happened. I'll I'll reset it it for you. The Lakers were up 109-108. I'm not sure the exact time left in the game. I want to say about three, four minutes. I'll double-check that. Actually, 4.13 left. Uh, James Harden with the ball comes down the lane and gets hit by Ingram before he makes the foul shot. Mm 
So they ruled off the bucket. No big deal. Of course, the Rockets are saying it should be continuation. Uh, The referee said no. Now, while James Harden was arguing that it should have been continuation, which, of course, anybody's going to do that. He made the bucket. Um, For some reason, Ingram comes up behind him for whatever reason and gives him a shove with two hands. I mean, a hard shove when he wasn't even looking. And, and, And Harden wasn't popping off to Ingram or anything. He was talking to the referees just wanting the continuation, which any player in the NBA wants done. So they break it up. They give Ingram the technical foul. Remember, it's 109-108 at this point. Now they show at a point where Chris Paul decides he's going to put his finger in Ingram's face. And when I say put his finger in Ingram's face, his finger touched Ingram in the face, on the nose, on the cheek. Oh, excuse me. Who was it? Uh, Eminem. I'm sorry. It, it, was, it, was, it was Rajon Rondo. Rondo. It was Rajon Rondo. I'm sorry. It was Rajon Rondo. By the way, did... Chris Paul's been ejected. He, right. He's and, he's in the locker room. Yeah. And Chris Paul's finger touched Rajon Rondo. Rondo didn't like it for obvious reasons, and Rondo started throwing punches. Of course, when they broke it up, um, I believe it was the referees that took Rondo away, and Rondo got hit in the face a couple of times, but. You can't. What was Chris Paul thinking, Aaron? Putting his finger on Rondo. You can't do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to piece this wow. all together myself. I mean, I get it. I also just feel like, I mean, didn't we spend like two months talking about the idea of signing a team that had Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee? Yeah, but they did nothing wrong. Chris Paul, look, I don't know what Ingram was thinking. You don't push. I don't know why he pushed Harden in the back for no reason whatsoever. The foul was on them. There was not any controversial call here. Matter of fact, that went in his benefit because they didn't give him continuation. What the hell was Chris Paul thinking? You're up by one, and you just got the. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, you're 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 a veteran player. You've been in this league for what 13 years. Yeah, and you're in a one point game in the fourth quarter on national TV against the Lakers. LeBron's first game. This is a national TV game, and. You're getting yourself ejected when your team needs you the most. I know it's the second game of the season, but th- and this is just mind-boggling stupidity. By it wasn't just another finger too. It was a whole palm. It was a whole hand. Palm. He palmed him right in the face. By the way, Brandon Ingram's like, being escorted out, too. I don't like that LeBron went ahead and um, yeah. that console, lack of a better term there, um, broke up and carried Chris Paul away, put his hand around him and said, come on, break it up. No, no, you're a Laker. Yep. You back away. That's the enemy over there. You don't break them up and put your hand around Chris Paul and, and say, come on, come on. You go to your teammates. You know what I mean, Aaron? I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything that happened as we watch all these replays again on this game. I'm 100% with you, Arnie. I mean, look, I, you know, we know uh, LeBron and Chris Paul have a, a friendship that dates back a long time. Don't I, care. I I agree with you. I agree with you. Chris Paul's not on your team. You're competing with him for a championship. I mean, in theory, right? The Warriors are going to win. But, like, that's the competition. I don't care care who you're friends with once you step outside the court. But on the court, I mean, that guy just got into it with your teammate. And I'll tell you this, Arnie. I know LeBron's the man. I know he's by far the best player on that roster. If I'm Rajon Rondo and I see that, I come back to the locker room heated. That guy just put his finger in my face. Am I crazy? 
You cannot put your hands on somebody. You may wag your finger. You may point at the guy. But Chris Paul put his finger, his, I didn't see the palm of his hand, but the finger uh, on his face, on his cheek, on his nose, and then started pushing his head back with it. That's it. Well, That's it. We're, we're, we're getting it on now after you do something like that. And in all seriousness, I mean, if you're Rajon Rondo and you see LeBron, I, I understand LeBron's just trying to cool the situation. But, I mean, that dude just shoved his finger in my face and I took a swing at him and you got yeah. your arm around him? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. I, I think that's weak sauce, man. That's what the kids say, weak sauce. But Got a big problem with that. Uh, you know, LeBron's got to realize it's your teammates over Chris Paul. You know what I mean? You know? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm just saying – I, I look, yeah, I, I get that LeBron is. Hey, Floyd Mayweather sitting courtside. Okay, how come it is? Aren't Ar- now makes sense. Arnie, yeah, how can he afford tickets? I don't know. Yeah, w- well, did you see? By the way, he bought two thousand dollars worth of Powerball tickets last night. No, I was because he dying. needs the money. I was course. dying when I saw that. I was like, oh, Floyd. I mean, imagine if Floyd Mayweather won the billion dollar Powerball or whatever. I'd be I, sick to my stomach. No, but so, anyways, I'm just saying. I understand LeBron wanted to defuse the situation. I don't like the idea of putting your arm around the other team's player after he just started this brouhaha. I don't like it at all. No, not at all. Uh, if you want to go ahead and give your comments, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. Uh, right now, Houston leads at 111-108. Rockets shooting one more foul shot. They made two uh, from the technical, or excuse me, not from the technical, from the foul on Ingram. Um, so it was 111-108, Harden with one more. Uh, so it's 112-108, 3.41 left in this one. So Lakers are going to have to come from behind uh, if they want to go ahead and get the victory. All right, uh, week seven, though, of the NFL. My goodness, man. Some monster matchups. First of all, any games as we're looking that stick out, like must-win games uh, with their teams back against the wall that if they don't win – you could pretty much write off their playoff hopes. I think one of them, the Detroit Lions, they go to Miami. They're 2-3. and three. A win gets them back to 500. they They're back in the thick of things. Dolphins are 4-2. and two. They got a big victory last weekend. And now they get Brock Osweiler for another game. I think this is an intriguing matchup here between Detroit and Miami. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, the the Lions, does anyone have a weirder resume than the Lions? Yeah. They're 2-3. and three. Beat They're, the Patriots. Beat the Patriots and the Packers. Yeah. The only two guys they beat are Rodgers and Brady. But I, I, I'm with you. I think this is a big one for them, and, and I'm really intrigued also by the Dolphins. I'll give you another one in an AFC East versus NFC North battle. How about Minnesota at the Jets? Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I'll admit it. I may have been wrong on Sam Darnold. Arnie, I haven't been wrong on something since the mid-'90s. It's been a while. <laughs> But, I mean, they've won two in a row, the Jets. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Colts. And I, I think this is another— No no great shakes there, so don't act like they beat world beaters, you know? I know. I totally agree, especially the Broncos. They, they were coming across country uh, on a short week. So, what I'm saying is the, the, the Jets win this game. They're right back in the thick of things. And oh, by the way, the the Vikings, who we left for dead after that um, after that 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 uh, Rams game, they were one two and one. They've ripped off two in a row as well. So it's funny that we both kind of picked two games with two teams from the same divisions. I think both of those games are huge for their respective divisions. We'll get to the big matchup in just a second between the Patriots and the Bears. Uh, our producer, Eminem, what's the uh, latest on the Laker game going on? Um, so here's what happened. Apparently there is an alleged uh, spit 
on the part of Rajon Rondo right. spitting at Chris Paul. Right. So, so that's, that's why, why that whole thing transpired the, face, the way right? it did. Still no excuse. What? Well, was it a purpose spit or did it just because he was talking and something came out? You know what I mean? There's yeah, there's that's a good question too. Um, that's why because you saw Chris Paul. Uh, was all upset, got bent out of shape. You were wondering why he was all upset. Well, now we do know why. So, um, geez, I, I wonder what the NBA, how they're going to straighten this out. There's certainly going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people short some money uh, and find after this round, no doubt about that. Yeah, well, I was going to say, too, is that in the NBA, I mean, we've seen guys suspended this, that, and the other thing. Rarely do we actually see literal punches thrown we see shoves we see we see the fake hold me back this and that you know a little slap here and there I mean these were full-fisted punches by Rajon Rondo by Brandon Ingram and who else Chris Paul I don't know who else I'm trying to think of who who would happen with the Rockets but it's not often you see actual punches thrown that was different all right um let me get to some stuff on Twitter one next says really now you're going to blame LeBron James for breaking up a fight the wrong way this is athletes think that the media is nothing but a bunch of wannabe dweebs. By the way, brothers don't use the words like weak sauce. Go sit down somewhere. Um, yeah, I am, I am going to blame uh, LeBron James, not for breaking up the, the fight that way, for putting his hand around Chris Paul. That's what I said. And, and you know, uh, sympathizing with him instead of sympathizing with your own teammates. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. and, and so you want to talk about, I, I forget what this guy said exactly as far as what's weak sauce and what's not, uh, but... What I would say is you want to talk about someone that, you know, if you've actually played athletics, and I don't know if this listener has, so I apologize if he hasn't, um, but, you know, when you're in the the heat of competition, the one thing you don't do is ever fraternize with the other team. And so I had no problem with LeBron breaking up the fight, as I said. Exactly. But, when, yeah, if you're Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul just shoved you in the face and now you turn around and you see LeBron with his arm around Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be very yeah. happy about that. I totally agree 100%. Um, Grove says, obviously, you weren't watching the game with the sound. Rondo and Ingram started it shaking my head. Well, first of all, we can't have the sound on. We're doing the radio show. So, yeah, you're not allowed to hear the game in the background. That's against violations. You'll, you'll get in sure. trouble for that. So ah, but I, I did apologize. Hear, but I did hear what was said. And that was? Well, uh, Chris Paul, when he put his finger and his whole hand into Rondo's face, he said, you listen to Artie Spaniard. And then, and then Rondo's like, no, <laughs> you listen you. to yes. him. And then punches are getting thrown. Yes. Oh, it was yes. heated, man. It, it got very heated like that. By the way, um, by the yeah. way, just one thing that stuck out to me out of all the punches being thrown, the guy behaving the most normal in this whole situation was Lance Excuse Stevenson. Lance that. Stevenson was the peacemaker in this situation. Why? What, what the F world are we in when Lance Stevenson's playing is a playmaker or a peacemaker. It's so funny because I just assumed that was him throwing punches. I, I had no idea. I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably Stevenson uh, throwing punches I, out there. I was going to say, by the way, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, I guess Kiki Vandeway, who's the NBA's yes. executive VP of basketball operations, yeah. he's the man that ultimately makes the decision on suspensions, fines, whatever. Apparently he's in the building tonight at Staples Center. So we might get a... It's, it's kind of an interesting little side note there. Little, no, I got a better side note for Uh-oh, you. Uh-oh, lay it on me. Kiki Vandeway. When they retired his number, Palisades High School. <laughs> number 50. I made sure I wore that number 50 also so my number would get retired. There you go. Congratulations, you go. Arnie. Arnie Spaniard. Kiki and I went to, See, look at that. We put guys in the NBA. Kiki, Steve Kerr. 
Come on now. If you hadn't had that one time that you stubbed your toe in 10th in grade, it would have been you too, Arnie. I have no doubt. Let me tell you something. Could you imagine? There's not a day that doesn't go by. I don't think it's Curtis Spanier. Good for three. <laughs> and then the crowd goes, Arnie Spanier, like Steve Kerr. Arnie, Arnie, Arnie. Uh, you know, it could have been if I ever, if Kerr ever calls into the show, but. Now that they're starting another basketball season, I'm assuming he's busy for the year again. So. Well, didn't he just get thrown out of the game during the preseason and he kind of yeah. said, I want to be out of here? So. I thought he got thrown out so he can call into my show. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope he gets thrown out on Saturday. Maybe we'll get a buzz. Week 7 of the NFL, Patriots-Bears. We got a lot to say about this. That's coming up next. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, this segment brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Check out Discover Card. Gosh, one interesting fact, and it's only one because it's a game like Arizona-UCLA. Arizona just took the lead 27-24. Khalil Tate not playing in this game. Rhett Rodriguez, Rhett Rodriguez got the start. Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that uh, Coach Rodriguez's son who was fired and replaced by Kevin Sumlin or what? I believe it was. I believe it was. It's always weird. You know, Rick Neuheisel's son stuck around UCLA after he left. I thought that was weird, too. But, I mean, I guess, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But still, yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, Kevin Sumlin relying on the old coach's son. Let's uh, get back to the NFL. And, by the way, if you have any more comments, uh, you want to reach us on Twitter, uh, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius one because a lot of people, uh, again, making comments about what happened with the Lakers situation. Like the Mason Mahler, once again, LeBron James is the only athlete in the history of pro sports to get criticized for doing the right thing and making the right play. Amazing LeBron should have left his wife or Brazilian swimsuit model to get respect. Again, I don't think people are quite understanding what we're saying here. It's one thing to break up the fight. It's another thing to put your hands uh, around your buddy Chris Paul and, you know, walk away with him instead of being on the side of your team. And I'll bring up a a point, Um, and maybe this is not the same on the same scale. We all criticized Dustin Pedroia earlier this year when he was playing, or my – it might have been last year, actually, um, because there was a brawl, possible brawl, and he was saying to the other team, hey, I didn't do anything. It was my teammates that did something, and we ripped him like crazy. You're supposed to back your teammates. That's not what LeBron's doing here. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, to be clear, so for people who didn't see it, there was a big brawl in the— uh, uh, you know, uh, A squirmish, a scuffle, we'll say. You know, Punches were thrown. Yes, punches were thrown. And LeBron, to his credit, we have to speak sl- slow for some of the listeners, uh, pulled Chris Paul away and kind of broke it up. But then the camera shows kind of LeBron almost like— I don't know, like a big brother, like yes, walking his yes. his his little brother to school or something yes, like that. Good choice of word, yes. Yeah, and he's he's walking Chris Paul back to his bench, and it's like, shouldn't no. you be putting your hands around Ingram, who's getting thrown yes. out? Yes. Shouldn't you be putting your hands um, around some of your other teammates, uh, like Rondo? That's also going to get in trouble for the punches. How about that? I totally agree, Arnie. I totally agree. Come to the defense of your teammates. Do what you got to do to make sure that everybody. Uh, that situation gets cleared up, and I don't know what's going to happen as far as suspensions, fines, whatever. But 
you got to worry about your guys. And, and if you want to get Chris Paul out of the melee, that's fine. But then it's Well, on Chris him. Paul gets suspended because they always say if you throw a punch, they don't say anything about putting a finger or putting your hand in somebody's face and touching them, though. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, you know, it, what will be really interesting to me, I, look, the guys that threw punches are going to get suspended. It's been so long since we've actually seen actual fists thrown yeah, yeah. in an NBA game that I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just really interested to see. I'm really curious to see because it has just been a really long time since we've seen something quite like this. One more thing. Does anybody know why Ingram got all upset to begin with and pushed Harden in the back after they were discussing whether it should have been continuation or not? That's that's what started the whole thing. I'm not even sure why he was so upset about that to begin with. Yeah, likewise. And that uh, was a cheap shot, by the way, by Ingram. Yeah, I was going to say that's the one tough thing about in a situation like this is that and by the way we we have we we get all the good fights during our uh window oh, here <laughs> crazy we had khabib mcgregor khabib versus the crowd uh two weeks <laughs> ago and then we get uh lakers rockets so I was what's say, next week hockey going into the crowd or what you yeah know? well hockey at least we expect it maybe we'll get like a good uh i don't know WNBA brawl or uh mls or something like that but um, you know, but but what I was gonna say was is that's the only thing that's tough is that when we're on in this window, obviously we have the TVs turned down because we're trying to figure it all out, and uh, you know we're trying to do a show, but then to see stuff happen live, we don't always have the full details, so we're kind of collecting them in real time like everybody else. Patriots going on the road to take on Chicago. I brought this up earlier. Patriots had about 10 days to get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs, in which they beat them 43-40. Patriots have finally found a running game in Sony Michelle, who by the time he retires will go down as the best running back in the history of the Patriots. Wow. They really have no running back in their history. Craig James. Um, Like I said, uh, (laughs) Chicago Bears coming off a draining loss to the Dolphins, where the Dolphins, well, actually, the Bears had that game won, not because the Dolphins fumbled on the one-yard line, because the Bears had a eight-point lead and it just scored a touchdown, but it was ruled no good because of a penalty, and the next play, Dolphins picked it off. So tough loss for the Bears. Uh, Patriots don't have the 10 days to get ready for this one. Khalil Mack held out of practice, I believe, on Thursday or Friday. Gronk not making the trip for the Patriots. Monster game for the Bears, I believe, and uh, the Patriots, look, they want to keep track with the Dolphins. I don't think the Patriots win this one. I like the Bears in this game. Well, we've seen two different Patriots teams away from Foxborough and at Foxborough, and I think that's going to be the key here is, look, you can use the excuse if you want early in the season. It's it's uh, September. We're still trying to figure things out. Uh, but now it's the middle of October. We're getting towards the, the, the time of the year when the games really mean something. They've been at home for three straight weeks. They now have four of their next five on the road. So for me, like it's hard for me to definitively say, oh, the Patriots are back or they're not back. Like I need to see what they do away from Foxborough. It's going to be cold. It's going to be nasty there in Chicago. Curious to see how they respond. You sleep late on weekends? No. I'm up, well, the, the games start too early over here. So, no, I don't sleep late on weekends. Well, you – you, what, get up about 9 o'clock or something like that to go ahead and watch the 10 o'clock games. What are you going to do tomorrow <laughs> when the Titans play the Chargers interest? Because that's going to be starting pregame, what, about, or actually the game will kick off 6.30 on the West Coast. You have interest, you're going to get up and watch that, or maybe kind of sleep a little bit late, maybe watch after halftime or something? No, I'm going to sleep till a normal time. and then <laughs> It's not even sleeping late. I mean, what time does the game start at? Uh, 6- 6.30 your time. Six thirty, yeah, I'll sleep in till... the morning. Yeah, no, I know, I'm aware, I'm aware. I uh, 
I will not be uh, waking up for uh, you know tea and crumpets uh, for for first kick here. If it was a better game, would you or you would just have no interest in? You know, because look, I, how many times do we play in London? It seems like like every other week we're playing in London or something. Yeah, you know? I, I mean they've been up to like four, five, six games the last couple of years. Jeez. And- uh, last week, the, the Raiders and Seahawks, but they kicked off at, at 1 Eastern. I don't even really know if we played that game. I saw a score, <laughs> but I don't even know if it was really played. Well, it was like one of those, you know, how like red zone, they cut to all the games yeah. when they get to the red zone. It's like, well, Except they never, that game. Yeah, ah. well, they never got to the red zone, so they didn't They didn't cut to that one. So, no, I mean, look, I, I, I if it was, look, if it was Chiefs Patriots and that just happened to be in London, then yes, right. of course, I would get up. But the Chargers, look, I think they're they're really good. I do have some. It's questions. not a bad matchup. I mean, a three and three, four and two team. So obviously, you know, big implications for both teams. Titans can't go to under five hundred. Chargers still want to win that division. I know we're only six games in, but still kind of a big game for both teams out there, though. It is a big game. But if you're asking me, am I going to get up yeah. early just for it? Then uh, no, probably. See, not. I like it because I got it nine thirty on the East Coast now. So I'll do the 9.30, the 1 o'clock, and the 4 o'clock, or the 4.30, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, though, 6.30 on the – what time is it in Hawaii that the game's going to be starting <laughs> 430, tomorrow? 4.30, 4.30-ish. Your wife doesn't get mad at you for, like, 14 straight hours a day on Saturday and Sunday just watching football? My who? Oh, my wife. I you forgot I had a remember wife. Remember her? Um, yeah, do you – by the way, do you – Get up early in the morning in Hawaii to watch the game at 4.30, or do you just party all night and just call it an all-nighter for that 4.30? I don't know. Or do you just go to the beach and not even worry about the NFL? That's my Oh, boy. stop it. Come on now. What's wrong with your job? Oh, if it's your job. Yeah, no, I'm just saying if it was somebody else. No, I would, uh, if it was a 4.30 kickoff, Whew, that's tough. I mean, the problem is if you try to go through the night, then you got to stay up for the rest of the game. So, so what's what's LA going to do? And I know the Chargers aren't, you know, really LA's home, but uh, uh, you know, considering that they're four and two, and they're playing the Titans, I would think there's some interest there. I would think that people would be getting up, and you know, LA's not a, a town that really sleeps late. They get up early, and I think they'll watch that one. Yeah, I mean, nobody really watches the Chargers when they're actually playing in L.A. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, listen, it's a uh, it's a busy time in the L.A. sports calendar as not only are the, the, the Dodgers in the World Series, not only are the Lakers, did they just get in the best brawl of 2018, but the UCLA Bruins just took a lead on Arizona. We might be up partying all night yeah. and not even be able to get up for that, that Chargers game. Well, thank you very much. Matter of fact, let's bring in DeSager. He'll tell you what's trending and tell you that the Bruins have taken a lead over my Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> I know you were going to say that. You were going to lead with that, weren't you? Touchdown and a lead, 31-27 over Arizona with about 11 minutes to go in this one. And the two other late games, San Diego State only up 16-13. They've just kicked a fourth-quarter field goal and now under four minutes to go against winless San Jose State. Hawaii now trailing at home late first half. Nevada 20-14 in the lead. Woj ESPN saying that, yes, Kiki Vandaway, ex of UCLA, by the way, from the NBA front office. And Palisades High school star that as well on the scene watching the houston lakers game slash fight at staples center tonight and 
that the investigation is underway and there's a potential for suspensions as soon as tomorrow because keep in mind the Rockets are playing Play in Clippers. the same building tomorrow night yep. against the Clippers. Paul Pierce on the post game made sure to point out that his former teammate Rondo has not gotten along with Chris Paul for many years. Boston <laughs> Globe in fact pointed out that they have not gotten along for years and that it was Paul who years ago said Rondo was lucky to have joined the big three in Boston. These two have had bad blood not just in tonight's game and it spilled out fourth quarter ejections with Paul who says he was spit on Rondo and Brandon Ingram of the Lakers and James Harden was great down the stretch and Houston won the game in LA 124-115 Harden with 36 points Portland beat San Antonio 121-108 Damian Lillard 29 points 9 assists Denver over Phoenix 119-91 Will Barton 16 points a game for the Nuggets last year left with a hip injury he was wheeled off the court Nikola Jokic 35 points and a triple double for Denver he was 11 of 11 shooting from the floor Minnesota rested Jimmy Butler and lost 140 to 136 at Dallas. Mavs rookie Luka Doncic 26 points. Gordon Hayward was rested by the Celtics, but they won by two at New York. 103-101. Knicks first-rounder Kevin Knox left with a sprained ankle. Knicks have been eliminated from the playoff race with that one. <laughs> Already. First week. Yep. The Raptors rested Kawhi Leonard, but still won at Washington. 117-113. Victories for Indiana and Detroit. For Philadelphia and Charlotte as well. We are brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The Dodgers took Game 7 of the National League Championship Series at top-seeded Milwaukee 5-1. to Series MVP Cody Bellinger with a two-run homer in the second. Yasiel Puig later a three-run shot. College football upset at Purdue. The home team was 3-3 three and three, but defeated number 2-ranked Ohio State 49-3. 20. Ohio State's quarterback Dwayne Haskins, 49 for 73 passing for 470 yards in the loss. Freshman receiver for Purdue, Rondale Moore, 12 catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Back to you. All right, thanks a lot to Sager. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more uh, on car insurance with Geico. Uh, just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. You know, I want, is Sager taking off? I had a question for DeSager, and actually Eminem, our producer. Still here. Um, well, game one, Tuesday. Boston. Boston. Chris Sale gets the start for Boston, undecided for Los Angeles. Supposed to be raining 56 degrees. Is it, do we call off uh, World Series games that easy or no? We, we no. wait a long time. No, no, certainly. Uh, no, no. Why? Do you remember, I, I, I remember 2008 yeah, was the Phil- last time I can remember Philadelphia where and they legitimately was, postponed a game. And that for was because the infield was a lake. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it was legitimately like a lake. Yeah. It was, it, it had was a to disaster. be a downpour for World Series. There's too much on the line. As far as who might the Dodgers be pitching this yeah. uh, games one and two on the road, yes, Clayton Kershaw got the last three outs, but it only took him 15 pitches to throw right. the ninth inning. And Rich Hill did throw in relief, of course, the night before. Not Walker Bueller. He pitched into the fifth inning as two-days starter, and Ryu just pitched last night. So right, it I, is I, possibility I, of Hill and Kershaw in one and two. By the way, give you, by the uh, way uh, the, who's at the disadvantage if there's bad weather, cold weather? i got to assume the Dodgers are at the disadvantage. Yeah, I would assume so, sure. Well, wait a minute, though. The Red Sox hit a, hit a, hit a lot of home runs also, though. They do. Oh, that would affect them. But they're a little used to New England weather, are they not? 
The Dodgers, when we got to the postseason last year, remember game one of the World Series at Dodger Stadium, it was 100 degrees. The ball was (laughs) flying out, so Corey Seager and the rest of the Dodgers had their homers in the postseason last year, and that wouldn't be the case in cold weather. Just so you know, Tuesday night, partly cloudy skies early would give away to occasional showers later. And it's all night games, all 8 p.m. Eastern, all the games of the World Series, and all on Fox TV. All right. Uh, thanks a lot to Sager. So we'll see what I, happens there. I love how you call in everyone other than your radio partner to talk. Well, baseball. you're you're in L.A. You know the good weather. You're, you're not a bad weather guy. You know what I mean? Torres, even though you went to Connecticut, you don't know anything about bad weather anymore. Uh, that's true. But are you, still, can you drive I'm, in the I'm snow? Mr. Or, baseball. Are you terrible? I'm a are seam you, head. Yeah, you're a seam head, huh? Yeah. Uh, can, you, can you drive in the snow? Or are you a bad driver in the snow? I'm a great driver in the snow because I go like eight miles an hour. Yes. I, I, <laughs> the same way. <laughs> yeah, I drive the way you probably drive all the time, Arnie. Uh, Thank except you. In the snow. No, I actually always say um, the I actually don't mind driving in the snow because people are actually smart and cautious. Um, I don't like driving in the rain because people think that they can still drive 80 oh, miles an hour. Right. At least when there's snow on the ground, people are like, you know what? I should probably just just take it easy here. So. Are you going to try to go to a, a World Series game out in Los Angeles if you had a chance? Unless uh, unless you could talk the bosses into giving me a raise. Oh, I could do not. that. Okay, done. Done deal. Okay. Done All deal. Right. Okay. Well, I'll look, I'll look forward to my next paycheck, and then I'll uh, buy some tickets for game three. Panthers Eagles though uh, another monster game. Was Eagles coming to three and three? Panthers uh, three and two in this one. The Eagles have not looked all that great. I'm not going to say it's Carson Wentz' fault. That's going to be ridiculous for me to say that they're not as good of a team and all that baloney. They've moved the ball. It just hasn't resulted in so many points. Uh, Panthers lose here. They'll get back down the 500. Eagles can't go sub 500 with a loss here at home. Only a five point favorite. Uh, monster game in this one also. I kind of like the Eagles. So I went on the uh, odd couple with Chris Broussard and uh, Rob Parker earlier this week, and we argued about the NFC East, and I said, I haven't seen a sequel as lifeless as the Eagles since Weekend at Bernie's 2. So (laughs) that's how I feel about the uh, Eagles. I just think for whatever reason it's not clicking. Carson Wentz is not back to 100%. He missed some practice this week. I know the game's in Philly, but – you look at this Philly team, man. I mean, not only are they sitting at, at at three and three, but a couple of those wins were uninspired with the Falcons and and uh, with the Colts a few weeks ago. I actually like the Panthers. I just, I just, I'm. There's something wrong with this Eagles team. It's just not clicking. I know we're on in L.A. now, so obviously the people in L.A. very happy. Your Dodgers are going to the World Series. Uh, Chris Sale will get the first start for the Reds. And I want you to know something because I live out here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And we carry the Boston Red Sox at the local station that I'm at in Vermont. The Boston fans, Red Sox fans, are perhaps the most, oh my goodness, they are the most entitled fans I've ever seen in my life. The fact that they've won a couple of uh, World Series now, they feel like they're entitled to go every year. It's like they forgot about that long drought that they went through, and that accent would just kill you. I want to take a knife and just plug it into my eardrums every time I get a call going, hey, Arnie, hey, Arnie, I, I want to, I, I parked the car so I can come out, <laughs> so, I can, so I can talk to you about how the, how the Red Sox should win every game, should be 4 nothing against the Dodgers. It's, it's amazing, amazing, no matter what happens bad, if Sale gets hurt or no matter what, it's the Red Sox will go 4-0 against the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers got better starting pitching right now, especially because I'm not so sure how Sale's going to react, you know?
Yeah, and I just think the Dodgers have that experience from last year. I mean, they were one game away from winning the World Series last year. I just think being there, it means something. I mean, obviously, I know some of the Red Sox have have been uh, played at this level, you know, uh, back in 2013. But I just think the Dodgers, having just been there, having been that close, I know it's like a corny sports cliche of oh, they were they were one step away and they're they're back. It's like I think that really does matter in this case. I'm wondering, you know, I said the cold weather. Um, look, the Red Sox have had a good home run power during the course of the year, but obviously so have the Dodgers. So I'm wondering who's going to be at the disadvantage. Um, as for you know the Red Sox being used to the cold weather. Oh, you know, summertime, it, it does warm up around here. I don't know if you know that, guys. The, the Northeast does get warm in the summertime. But the one thing you've got to be worried about the Red Sox is the bottom of the lineup has come alive. I mentioned Jackie Bradley Jr. was the MVP. This is a guy that was batting about 210, uh, maybe, actually less than 210 for most of the year, but I think finished with a, a 210 or 220 batting average. Um, they're really coming alive at the bottom of the order. Devers with a big home run. Uh, and, of course, when you have Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez and those guys, obviously you're going to be real dangerous uh, one through nine. So Red Sox certainly have hitting. Not that the Dodgers don't do. That's why I think it's going to be a great matchup, plus the ratings through the roof, Aaron, absolutely through the roof. Yeah, I was amazed when DeSager said how good the ratings were for the, the two the two uh, LCS series. And I think he said the uh... – the Red Sox game six or whatever it was ended up getting six million viewers, and, and basically the NBA has struggled early on because so many people are watching baseball. I have to imagine not only historic organizations, but big markets, but also look. I think that Dodgers thing of they were so close last year. People want to see if they can get over the hump. The Red Sox, obviously, with what they've done over the last decade and a half uh, since they won that first World Series in '04. I think you mentioned it earlier, but outside of Yankees-Dodgers, I can't imagine a much more appealing World Series for uh, oh. you know, for Major League Baseball. And how about Puig with the three-run homer? That was awesome to see, um, considering where I thought maybe he should have had that home run ball in the first inning yeah. if he would have jumped a little bit, but he was on the run, so he really didn't time anything. Uh, otherwise, I think he could have gotten that ball and you know, would have gotten out of, the, out of that inning without any runs. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know. I just think that that when you look at this Dodgers team, man, I just think I just think that that Puig with that bat. I don't know. I just I I think there's something about the Dodgers this year. And I know that the, the lineup isn't as deep. I know that maybe the starting pitching isn't as deep. I just think there's something about them this year. Oh, it's deep. It's deep enough to beat the Red Sox. That's for sure. I've seen just about every Red Sox game this year because I'm out here in the Northeast and we carry them. We'll come back. Our picks for everything for the Sunday games. Plus, I'll tell you who I like in the World Series officially. All that's coming up next. Uh, He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. All right, great news, everybody. There's a quick way you can save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Wow, Aaron, we just crushed it today. We cruised right along. We did. I like this song. It's ringing a bell. I can't. What? What is this song? Oh, it's the UCLA fight song. UCLA 31. Arizona had it stopped. I want you to know that UCLA... Uh, was stopped, but then there was a penalty. So right now, UCLA 31, Arizona 30. 326 left in the game. UCLA is going to have the ball. Uh, third down and five. 
with 3.20 left, and they're going to call their last timeout, are my Arizona Wildcats. So uh, we're probably the only people paying attention to this game. All right, give me some different music for our picks, would you please? Give me, give me something a little different. Put me in the mood. We got a couple picks we want to get to before we get out of here. I start with this, uh, Aaron. I'm all over Brocktober. <laughs> I love the way Brock Osweiler looked. And it is Brocktober. Look, the way Miami played last week in getting the victory over the Bears, the defense in Detroit not going to be nearly as tough. Miami playing at home. This time Osweiler had a whole week to get ready for this one. I'm going to jump on the Dolphins plus the three at home against uh, the Detroit Lions. All right, my first pick, you asked me earlier if I'm going to get up for the 6.30 Pacific time kickoff in London. I am not, and here's why, Arnie, (laughs) because I already know what's going to happen. Oh, wow. Yes. You see, the thing with the Chargers is they're the better team. They're the more talented team. Oh, you see, I just got a first game over. UCLA wins. UCLA was my Go pick. And that oh, 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 Chargers, Titans. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. look, everyone's going to point to the Titans' 11 sacks last week. Everyone's going to assume the Chargers, that great defensive line, that they're going to dominate. I completely disagree. I think the Titans bounce back. My concern with the Chargers, they left L.A. two weeks ago. They stayed in Cleveland, then went to London. They've been gone for a long time, a lot of travel, a lot of time away from home. Because of it, I like the Titans getting six and a half. All right, Chicago Bears, they're at home, coming off that loss to the Dolphins, playing the Patriots, who had 10 days to prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is why they won 43-40. Khalil Mack, as I mentioned, didn't practice with the team on Thursday. I think he will play Gronkowski doubtful because he didn't travel with the team for the game. Bears defense will make a difference in this one, Pats. Look, they put everything, all the effort into the game against Kansas City. Give me Chicago plus the two and the upset over the Patriots, if you can call it an upset. Very good. You know, you mentioned Brocktober. You mentioned the Lions playing at the Dolphins. I should have just done this right after you did it, but I kind of jumped out of order here. I actually am with you. The Lions, the weird team, as I mentioned, that their only two wins this year are against Rodgers and Brady. But even in that win against the Packers, if you actually look at the stats, they were outgained. The 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 Packers controlled time of possession. It was a couple costly turnovers that cost the Packers there. I don't think the Lions, even at two and three, are as good as their record indicates. Miami at home, they win again. My last NFL pick, I'm all over the Kansas City Chiefs to bounce back after the loss to the Patriots. Laying six at home against Cincinnati, who I have a lot of respect for, but there's no way they're going to be able to keep up offensively with Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs minus six against Cincinnati. I mentioned the Vikings have won two in a row. The Jets, by the way, also two in a row. I think the Vikings are clicking, though. Look, this is a team that has been up and down since the start of the year, but with those back-to-back wins, I think they're finally getting right. This is a game, by the way, that the Vikings need to win. Brutal schedule after this week. They play the Saints. They play the Bears. They play the Packers. They play the Patriots. A lot of really good games outside of the division as well as in. Vikings need to win. They get the win on on Sunday against the Jets. I'm taking the Dodgers over the Red Sox in seven. Um, I want to thank the crew. It's Eminem's last day. Eminem, Eminem. great having you working on the show. We're certainly going to miss you. 
I'm going to miss you guys too. off to the East Coast. Yeah, um, I'm going to miss you guys too. Best wishes uh, with the future of this show. Like, I'm going to miss you guys. This has been a blast. No, it has. We've You've had been fun. on the show for a while, so uh, we're going to miss Eminem. Uh, thanks to R-Squared for also working on the show in the Sager with the updates. Coming up next, it's Bernie and RJ straight out of Vegas. Yeah, so you know they'll have plenty to get to. Uh, and take a Vegas perspective on what's happening in the world of sports. So much to break on now. Plus, they'll take a look at Week 7 uh, of the NFL. I'm sure they'll tell you who they like. Uh, always love listening to the guys, RJ and Bernie. Thanks to Aaron. Thanks to the crew out there. They're coming up next uh, right here on Fox Sports Radio. McBain. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.